Welcome to And Almost Starring, the show where each week we take a film and break down the casting, including who almost starred. I'm Jeff Ronan. I'm Amy Jo Jackson. And I don't know what made me laugh harder, Jim Broadbent doing backflips or that opera singing moon. We're looking at Moulin Rouge. For better or for worse, out there is a universe where it may seem bizarre, but they were almost starring. Amy Joe, how you doing today? You know, I'm okay. How are you? I'm doing just fine. Uh, today's episode is our second listener request. Ooh. Uh, which is very exciting. Our first was uh, all the way back in Greece, those many weeks ago. <laughs> uh, and this comes from Harry. So thank you, Harry, for writing in. Thanks, Harry. And suggesting we take a look at Moulin Rouge. And if you, listener, have a movie that you'd like for us to cover on the podcast, shoot us an email at endalmoststarring at gmail.com and let us know. Bum, bum, bum. Uh, let's get into it. Moulin Rouge is a musical drama romance that came out on June 1st, 2001, and was directed by Baz Luhrmann, written by Baz Luhrmann and Craig Pierce. We did not intend to do the two biggest Baz Luhrmann but films one, so we did, close. did, Jeff. But we did. But you, you did, Blanche. But you chair. did. Um, <laughs> very true. Very true. Uh, and so, Amy Cho, what's your experience with Moulin Rouge? Had you seen it before? Well, it came out, I thought it came out a little earlier than the year than it did. I know I mm -hmm. saw it that summer of 2001 when right. it had gone to the Dollar Theater, but I thought it had come out like in the spring, but it came out the day before my 18th birthday turns wow. out, I guess, just hearing your, mm -hmm. your history. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah, I saw it at the Dollar Theater that summer <laughs> and never again. So this was my second time, which is, I know might shock some of our listeners because I, clearly I'm a musical theater uh, practitioner and nerd, sure. and I was barely 18 when this came out. So you think, you would think I'd be obsessed with it, and you'd think incorrectly. I was so, so bothered by the singing. I took a very Grinch approach to this film, <laughs> and people would play the soundtrack in the dorm room, like, on full blast, because, you know, everyone at my school yes, was you, you were a performer. In, you were living in your mountain uh, at the top of the building, staring down at all the Who's, singing <laughs> singing uh, Lady Marmalade. I was very confused for a second, because I was like... Mm. I was like, you never saw my door. I was, there There was like a room right on top of ours and we lived in these brownstones in Boston. So like, actually there was like a pretty small, almost like tower room, which was directly above ours. And one of the guys is probably like a music producer now, like had such incredible equipment and would blast things so loudly. So our ceiling would shake. Oh my and at one point it was Moulin Rouge. Um, but I mean, yeah, yeah. So I have very familiar with He also the... happened to live in a giant elephant, weirdly enough. I wouldn't put it past this guy. Um, would not. I would love to know what that guy's up to now. Um, but no, I had a lot of experience listening to this, having the sound soundtrack crammed down my eardrums um <laughs> and some of it was very enjoyable but i hadn't actually seen it, it was great because i was like yeah. i do not know what's gonna happen other than this girl's gonna die this which they tell us die. like you know i mean well, we're minute two exactly exactly very similar to rnj in that way it's like okay uh, we, yeah. we know you little kids that are watching this that you gotta pay attention. This, 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 either these two, or in this case, this one, they, they're gonna die. They're gonna die. So don't be crying at the end, you don't little be, babies. I don't think that that helped stop the teenage weeping. Um, no, of course not. I, 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 I'm wondering then if they bothered to tell us that from like moment one, 
Why? Why so many why, why blood coughing moments? Uh, Moulin Rouge. Why do they have to have Nicole Kidman playing Moulin Rouge? Why do they have to have <laughs> Nicole Kidman fainting and coughing blood so many like, times? Like truly every fifteen to twenty minutes. Like as as if this was yeah, like the kind an old like in Shakespeare's days where you're like, okay, well you're coming in and out of the play, so every now and again you kind of got to remind people the stakes uh, of your four hour play. Yes, and this is like yeah, this movie is only is two hours. You don't need to keep reminding us every ten minutes uh i i was saying oh, here here i i've oh. written down um so she starts because she's like when she enters she's singing the diamonds are a girl's best friend and then she she like faint <gasps> and falls from the trapeze and faints at 23 minutes uh she doesn't and coughs up blood and then she's got another fainting coughing up blood moment at 35 minutes again at an hour seven and then again at an hour 11 and then i lost track and stopped, well and then it's eating. just consumption well town. exactly it's consumption town yeah i i was way. saying to myself and in, in my brain, not out loud to you while we were watching it, but toward the end, I was like, you might say she suffers from overconsumption. Oh, brother. Oh, brother. Sure. Sure. Yeah. I saw this in theaters. I don't remember who with, and I used to love this movie. Well, I, you would have seen this the same time in your life that I saw R&J. This is true. This is true. I Because this was the summer before my freshman year of high school that I saw this film. Uh, so as a 14-year-old who was like, this is before I, like right before like my first, I had my first girlfriend. So I, I didn't know anything about anything. And I was like, this movie is romance. You were real you and McGregor. I really was. <laughs> I mean, talk and talk about, listener, talk about the hair envy. Oh. oh, I was seething, seething this whole movie. I was like, oh, I wanted this hair. I wanted the hair. That floppy, I floppy, floppy hair. Floppy hair. And it, Cause it seemed just slightly more attainable than like, the like Wesley the hair and Princess Bride or Le- oh, or Leo yeah. hair. It seemed like I could manage the Ewan McGregor hair, but I never could. I've always tried, but it never looked good. It never looked good. Uh, <laughs> try not to look at pictures of myself from high school of my Aww. hair, of my attempt at floppy hair. Uh, but yeah, but this is also like at fourteen, I was like, this is like, uh, this is what love is. I'm also like, this is like a sexy movie yeah. for pretty much as sexy as like a PG thirteen movie can be for a dumb dumb like me that knew nothing. She's um, she's half naked doing an entire montage, you know. Which is yes, but it's also like yes, there's like the implication of sex, but mainly it's just you and McGregor and Nicole Kim and two gorgeous people just making yeah. out. So much of them just making out throughout yeah. this film, and a everyone lot. is scant- like all these scantily clad men beautiful. and women. Yeah, everyone is so beautiful. much clavicle, so much like clavicle you could like you got break. clavicle out the roof in this movie <laughs> and it's great it's great that that like one shoulder gown that she wears into that last scene that she like has in the tower with the duke yeah i think i said but i was like man they knew how to dress her <laughs> i mean she looked incredible in everything but that i was like oh, yeah, yeah it's just the clavicles yeah popping. absolutely but yeah this was like all through my high school this was like the movie of like so many uh like drama kids whatever oh, it was sure. like watching this a uh, I realized that this was like Michael Bay for drama geeks <laughs> in terms of the editing of how, no, you're so how right. like how quickly everything's just such fast editing and there's always like something is exploding and everything's ha- so much is happening and it's bombastic and I'm like oh my god this is Michael Bay for me <laughs> <laughs> it does actually now that you're saying that kind of mirror like the teenaged brain like your experience of life as a teenager is just like everything's oversaturated and i feel so much and i'm so distracted by everything Uh, emotions running wild in this film and in uh high school jeff Uh, (laughs) um and then i had to oof oof my goof not this first girl my sec my second girlfriend ever so later in uh, i think it was a junior in high school 
and she talked me into us doing the elephant love medley at a some kind of high school talent show review rigmarole uh my high school boyfriend and i did what's that it's a duet like from jekyll and hyde (laughs) which one which one it's the it's the i know him so no Oh, no, that's, no, that's no, Ch- no. Wait, that's chess. What's the one that's from Jekyll and Hyde? Jekyll and Hyde, there's a lot of duets, but it's the one But there's that's... one between the two women that I, that's what I was yeah, referring no. to. That I thought would be, that, that is like what I would do with In you, Amy, Joe. I would, exactly. It's like, yeah. if we had to do a duet, I was like, let's do one where we're both playing women or both playing men. No, what was um, it? I gotta look it up. You, I'm sorry, you, while, everyone. Oh, no, I blocked okay. Wild while, One from my brain. While you look it up, this was, uh such embarrassment for me doing elephant love medley which i did not want to do at all although it was better i i I then learned how to talk myself out of having to do these things in the future because then i had a girlfriend at one point that wanted us to sing a little fall of rain from Le Miz together for our like vocal juries in college and i was like that doesn't show up anyone's voice at all it's or maybe or or it might have been for some review it might have been for some review but regardless i was like i am not singing a song while we're dating, I'm not singing a song with my girlfriend where I'm where you're dying in my arms because that's the cheesiest thing I've ever heard in my life. Uh, but for Elephant Love Medley, it was so embarrassing. And then there was a picture of it that made it to the yearbook months after we'd broken up. Oh, Oof, no. magoof. Ugh. Dangerous game. I kept thinking it was dangerous game. Dangerous game. It's right. a dangerous game. From Jekyll and Hyde. Yeah, and okay. I like I'm sat in a chair and he like with- circled. <laughs> And this guy like pre- played like Freddie Einsford Hill and like uh, the tenor soloist in Brigadoon. Like this guy is like the most like, ha ha, I am a, a like nice and kind appearing young gentleman yeah. and not like I'm Jack. <laughs> So it was a really but, interesting well, choice. Sure. For us. Well, whatever, whatever. Uh, yeah. Anyway, let's uh, let's get into this thing. So, spoilers ahead. If you have not seen Moulin Rouge or haven't seen it in a while, here is a brief-ish synopsis. In 1900, a young man named Christian moves to Paris to join the Bohemian movement. You've somehow already skipped that absolutely bananas overture where the the conductor conductor is like i was like this is the most exhausting thing i've ever watched i kind of wish i kind of wish and maybe there is on the dvd you had like a little bonus feature was to have that conductor there the entire movie anytime there's a musical song to have this conductor dancing around uh i think would be hilarious i was like there's no way this guy would be throwing out his back on the daily like we'll have no joints left i don't know i don't know he was doing yeah he's the most he's doing the most he's doing a real tumbler gymnastics Cirque Cirque de Conduct Conductor Soleil uh, Conductor yeah. Soleil Conductor Soleil so meeting a troupe of performers led by Henry de Toulouse-Lautrec Christian agrees to help them finish their show spectacular spectacular to sell to Harold Zidler owner of the Moulin Rouge they arrive at the Moulin Rouge as Zidler and his diamond dog dancers perform Toulouse arranges for Christian to present the work to Satine the star courtesan unaware that Zidler has promised Satine to the Duke of Monroth his potential investor Satine mistakes Christian for the Duke and they dance before retiring to her chamber where she learns he is merely a writer. This is all like... Oh, this is painful. This is real painful. This All this farcical it, nonsense of like thinking that... Oh, boy. I mean, like poor Nicole Kidman was really giving it her all. And like it's, it's an ugh. admirable effort, but she's not a clown. No. And it's also... It's just like embarrassing. You've like got... Not- you've got... Because you've got him like thinking is like, we'll have a poetry reading. And she's like... Oh, oh boink, boink, poetry reading. Let me I see your big talent, big boy. Uh, as she, right, as he's just like trying to like, um, it's a it's a little bit funny, this feeling inside. It's like such a like oh, wonderful. feeling. It feels like very like 90s Hugh Grant of this floppy like, uh, um, uh, 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 I, I, 
uh, trying to get away to then and then beautifully sing some your song, which yeah. is I mean every time Hugh McGregor sings in this movie, I'm I'm this is a great movie. To I me. also think that it's and that is one of the most well placed songs, like most well curated and then put yeah. into the like some of these. I'm like, did we need that there? But like sure. your song, I think is used to beautiful effect. And you know what? It's also because Elton John is already such a performer. Yes. Such a, his songs are already so performative and like lend themselves to musicals. Yeah. Uh, I think so. Yeah. So I, I think that that's a real good fit. I think similar to like using show must go on. I think, Cause that's yeah. also a reason why I love this movie is I had like no knowledge of any music listener at home. I knew nothing about music. Like I listened to musical theater soundtracks until college. Cause I just didn't, I had no, like my parents listened to Christian rock and country. And that is mainly primarily was playing on the radio. Mm-hmm. So I, I just knew nothing. And then it was like, whatever, what was playing on Z100 on the bus to high school. So thankfully this, <laughs> thankfully this movie wasn't just, you know, uh, the middle by Jimmy eat world and like whatever, or Britney Spears. Uh, although now I think with the Broadway musical, I'm they're sure. doing like toxic and oh, yeah. all kinds of stuff. Well, that makes sense. Uh, yeah, but I knew nothing. So for me, I was like, oh, what is this? The show must go on. This song is great. Whereas um, that's one that I knew because my dad oh, would play our queen cassette queen. greatest oh. hits on the on the way to yeah. school. Also, this is where we get, you know, Christian sings your song and then the dude comes in and Satine immediately uses your song oh, towards that him. That was great. And what a great metaphor for for art immediately turning into commerce. Yes. For art immediately being, for someone else taking your song and immediately making it now it's my song. Now and I'm also using this. using it for capitalistic <laughs> and using gain. It for capitalism. <laughs> this movie's saying some stuff. This movie's saying some stuff, y'all. Um, <laughs> uh, okay, with the help of Zidler, Toulouse, and the troupe, they all pitch the show because yeah, the Duke. If you've not seen this movie in a while or haven't seen it, the Duke is like, uh, I don't know. I what's this show about? Well, yes, but he runs in because then he sees oh, Satine and yes. Christian together where he has uh, this great... When in I fairness, she has actually fainted, you know, because consumption. Oh, she has. And but, he's thrown her on the bed and then fallen on top But nonetheless, of her. She, she kicks the Duke out being like, oh, I can't make love to you. This is the beginning of Christian being a real needy SOB oh, yeah, when yeah. he immediately is looking back at her. She's like, get out of here. Let me distract the Duke. And he's looking at her like... You're not going to sleep with that Duke because I just met you five minutes ago. So I'm allowed to say you're not allowed to do your job. I've got ideals. It's not like she's never, if she had never, if she was just like a singer at Moulin Rouge, she was not a courtesan, whatever. And she's like, oh God, I'm going to have to sleep with this guy. But this is like my home. This is the place I love, but I've never done this before. It's one thing. She's a courtesan. This is her job. Let her do her job, Christian. Get out of here. Um, you've got no right over this woman. Uh, I know, but he is like, he's looking at her like such a like, come on, but look but at me. Shooting. I'm 2001 Yul McGregor. Look at my hair. I know. So yeah, she kicks the Duke out or, and the Duke like comes back I forgot in. my hat. I forgot my hat. I love his voice. Oh my gosh. It's Richard Rock does the Duke so good, but he comes back and Yul McGregor is like on top of Nicole Kidman, like setting her down on the bed. And then oh, this I line, see. You expect me to believe that scantily clad in the arms of another man in the middle of the night inside an, an elephant. elephant. <laughs> we had to watch that part again. It's such a great line and such a great line reading. Yes, his delivery of everything is note perfect. It really it's, is. He's I, so good. I didn't remember how good he was in this film until rewatching it now. I was like, oh, I, yeah, slept on this performance where I was oh. like, oh yeah, this is a great villain performance. So it's good. So, such, and it's such a great, well, similar to Jim Broadbent of like the large yes that should not work on film. This should be but too broad on film, but it just works. They manage it because mm-hmm. it's still 
grounded enough, which is which is great. But anyway, yeah. So uh, Alt Zidler and the Toulouse and the troop they all like run run in to be like, oh, we're all rehearsing. See, see, we are totally rehearsing. Uh, and they pitch the show to the Duke, improvising a plot about an evil Maharaja attempting to woo an Indian courtesan. Already setting us up to fail, Lerman. What are you doing? Nicole, uh, Nicole Kidman. Kidman, famous pale ginger, the palest woman I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> uh, she should be playing a vampire in this movie. She's, she is white. She should be playing Snow White in well, this film. Well, she is dying of consumption, so oh, I will okay. say that a, a translucent complexion makes a bit more sense. When then you I take it all back. No problem with her playing an Indian courtesan. <laughs> You heard it here first, no. <laughs> listener. Amy Cho told as long as you've got consumption, you can play any race your That's heart desires. Not it's me. not. Am I willfully misinterpreting what you're saying? I think so. Well, then let's keep going. So, an Indian courtesan <laughs> who loves a poor sitar player. The Duke backs the show on the condition that only he may court Satine. Christian returns later that night, and he and Satine fall for each other, where they sing that elephant love medley. I would say they fall for each other. That's yeah. Is, uh, they, 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 he dip, sings uh, at her. Their love. She, he sings at her until she loves like, him. She's like, you know what? You make a good point through this in, this medley where we're barely establishing a song before we're moving on to another yeah. one. It's also some weirdo zoologist that's watching this movie and is like, weren't any elephants falling in love at all? I'm very, I, I thought her there was an elephant love medley. I was looking forward to the trumpeting of elephants, of of showing off the call I'm sure of there's a the mating season. Huge angry factions huge. of zoologists. So angry, so angry these zoologists. Yeah, livid as the cabaret is converted to a theater christian and satine meet under the pretense of rehearsing when the suspicious duke threatens to stop financing i the think show. you're saying it wrong it is duke i was like when the suspicious duke thank you threatens to stop financing the show zidla arranges for satine <laughs> sound like ray fines and voldemort <laughs> zidla come to me duke duke she, she feels like a virgin, Nagini. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> That's very upsetting. Because we can, 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 can. Harry. Um, <laughs> Henri. <laughs> uh, Zidler arranges for Satine to dine with the Duke, but she falls ill from that tuberculosis. Zidler. Con- yeah, yeah, yeah. Consumption. I mean, it's tuberculosis. Yeah, the TB. The TB. Zidler tells the Duke that Satine has gone to confession because she feels like a virgin. No, no, no. Because she wants to purify herself. She wants to purify herself. To be, herself, to be uh, of worth to mm-hmm. him because, sure. yes, because, because she yeah, wants gotcha. to feel. Yeah. Like a virgin, <laughs> like a virgin Nagini. I will um, say this. Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. This number was perhaps my favorite. It, it's number the most one, campy musical theater. It's shot like a stage musical. Yeah. Not even like a stage musical. It's shot like a more old fashioned um This feels like this should have been in the producers. Like yes. this feels like so old but style like, musical comedy. Also, all of these guys that they got to be the ensemble waiters yeah like they're all fantastic because they're not just like dancing beautifully but their expressions are all, like they're very clearly directed so oh, yeah. that like they're all scowling in this exact same scowl at certain points oh, and yeah, they're once, so funny once the duke takes over because first when it's ziddler singing they're oh, all like right. oh, oh. oh but when the, when the duke takes over that's when all their shoulders are all a hunch and they're all just like mm, mm. as then ziddler's running away pretending to be sitting and the duke is chasing after i mean it's very funny it's well done 
done. It's I mean, really you also well done. have to me the two best performers in the oh, movie. And that, uh, that or two best helps. performances. Yes, yes. In the movie, I mean, with Zidler and the Duke. Also, it it does the thing of taking a song everybody knows and and using it in a really unexpected way. This is true. It like, doesn't feel. Yeah, it doesn't feel like. Oh my god! Now, it, like, it's not like whatever. Sati- Could you imagine if this was like Satine singing ew. about like about Christian? Like, oh, I feel like a virgin because I know that'd be disgusting. Uh, and so to fl- well, it would be. It would be. <laughs> I, I got to add an extra R in there because it's so disgusting. Um, but yeah, to to really flip it on the head in such a delightful way. I think that yeah. is a very successful usage of. These a well-known song. Well-known songs. For sure. Uh, absolutely, yeah. Anyway, Zidler learns from the doctor that Satine does not have long to live. Satine tells Christian their relationship endangers the show. Uh, and yes. he says, we mustn't tell her mustn't for reasons. reasons. Uh, true. Yeah, it's interesting of how much Zidler is like, oh, he's also a villain, but I never yeah. feel against him. I never feel like, I don't know. He really he's threads, not the, he walks that line. Well, he yeah. is. He is more the antagonist than the villain. Yeah, okay, of course, of course. But but even within that, it doesn't feel it's it's a, actually like a much more grayer performance yeah. than straight like black or white. Like I was sure. kind of surprised of like, oh, this is like the kind of more most in, one of the most interesting roles. It's very Falstaff in the sense of oh, like he's yeah. this father figure that like yeah. we love and is very fun, but it's also like you're into some shady stuff. You're also man. completely self-serving. Completely, and and you say like we're doing this for yeah. you and for everyone. It's like, well, no, no. That's Although I not think true. I think you can. You know, you can, like, when he then, which we'll get to in a second, of just is telling Satine, like, you have to tell Christian that, like, just make him believe that you don't love him because mm-hmm. you're going to die. You can't run away with him. You're about to, you're going to die. You're going to die by the end of the curtain. Um, so, <laughs> so, How like, for, dying am I? And it feels like it is part, it's not just like you ha- you have to tell him so that we can get this money. Uh, I mean, it's, it, it is like not yeah. just his life and livelihood. It is everyone else in the employee, which I think they, they do really well yeah. in the scenes where she's up in the tower and everyone else is just like sitting in the theater waiting. I know. Like that, I think, really illustrates that very well. However, he does not go about anything with a strong moral compass oh, or no, in a compassionate no, way. Uh, no. uh, Satine tells Christian their relationship endangers the show, but he writes a song to affirm their love. Come what may, the one original song in the movie, which uh, Jeff, 14-year-old Jeff had no idea. 14-year-old Jeff thought a lot of these were original songs. Sure. I knew stuff. I was like, your song. I was like, I know what this is. I don't even know if I knew this was Elton John when I saw this movie. Mm-hmm. Now, um, tell me the trivia you told me when we were watching this movie about Come What May not being eligible for an Oscar. Oh, yes. Come What May was originally written for Shakespeare's Romeo plus I Juliet. did not know this But they fact. didn't. They wound up cutting it there, so they Thank used God. it for here. It's much um, better used absolutely. in a French movie I musical I don't romance. know where it would have fit in. Maybe that would have been the credit song, and then they cut that and did the or, radio hit. Or would it have been the one that played at the party? Instead of Kissing You? Yeah, which doesn't make Maybe. any sense. It doesn't. That's why but I feel it like it like might be the end credit heavy song. heavy foreshadowing that's kind true. of thing. That's true. But anyway, that's why it was not eligible for Oscars, because it was written for a different that's film. wild, because I... Even though it was cut. I didn't realize that, yeah, if something was repurposed, yeah. it wasn't eligible. That's that's fascinating yeah. to me. Uh, Nini, a jealous performer. Nini. Nini Legs in the Air is her full name, which is a delightful last name, Legs in the Air. Uh, a jealous performer reveals to the Duke that the play is a metaphor for Christian Satine and the Duke. Well, she she's like, 
Why would he choose to go? With, why would she why choose? Why would she choose to go with the penniless writer? writer. Oh, oh, I, I mean, mean the sitar player. player. And then she like nods in the like, direction. Eh? And now the Duke demands the ending be changed to the courtesan choosing the Maharaja. Satine, the Maharaja. Maharaja. Satine offers to spend the night with him to keep the original ending. At the and she turns it on. She you does. see, like, she sure does. this Satine is a pro. Yeah. Like, I just where she's think, like, silly right. Yeah, I do think Nicole Kidman does a good job at that, of playing yes. those turns where she fully commits to those. But never to the, you're never like, oh my god, does she actually no. like the Duke now? But she fully invests. And just, she's wearing that inappropriate but gorgeous headdress. <laughs> and she's corseted to the gods! And she just saunters down the staircase yeah. and you're like, oh yes, Nicole Satine! <laughs> Yeah, it it is just like the minute she walked in the door. It's just like a very just, everyone is just like Buga. at the Duke's quarters. Satine sees Christian on the streets below and realizes she cannot sleep uh, with the Duke. The back and forth and the back no. and forth was I was like Ewan Christian, Christian. like just. Just, like, the fact that no one was, like, watching him was like, don't you know he's going to screw everything well, up Well, they were too everybody? busy tangoing. Because when we get that I know, the dangers of tango. of Roxanne, which rules. It does. And I realized also watching it, one reason why I really like it is that it's one of the only vocal performances with texture to it because it hasn't been auto-tuned, you know? Ooh, like, yeah. So you, like, especially yeah. with that, like, but, like, yeah. you can't take... If you auto tune it, you rub some of that texture off. Sure. So um, that that was that was the biggest problem young Amy had with these is the extreme auto tune. I get it. I get it. Which is now is of course is the bread and butter. That's of course is like that's what everything is so auto tuned. Well, and I don't mind it slightly. Like that's fine. But it's just when it feels so slick that it's not. Yeah. Like we're I don't know. It's also no, I'm just like you. so used you. to live performances that totally. it really like stresses me out to just right. hear so much of it <laughs> um flattening out the vocal quality. Yeah, especially when something does feel so theatrical. I don't know, it's weird. That's also why the opera singer who does the moon mm -hmm. and whoever is the opera Sings singer doing Jim Broadbent. Yeah. yeah. Um that's another reason why it sounds so powerful because there's vibrato. Yeah. It's it's like this full, which not that you need vibrato in these pop things, but like it's just everything's so flattened out. And I like something with a little more body to it. Absolutely. Yeah. Definitely. The Duke attempts to rape Satine. The Duke <laughs> attempts to rape Satine, but she is saved by the dancer, Le Chocolate. Come on, Lerman. You got one black guy in your movie. You're naming him Chocolate. Apparent Jesus. Lee. Christmas. Uh, the Duke tells Zidler he will have Christian killed if Satine is not his. Zidler, I forgot about that. So Zidler warns Satine, like, you gotta get him out of here because yeah. he's gonna kill this kid. Like, so this that is all information more... that would have been useful for her to know earlier, you know? Like, well, as he did, she didn't know that the Duke was gonna kill Christian. That's what I'm saying. It would have been useful for her to know that. Well, I don't think that was an option. The Duke wasn't gonna kill him. I mean, I think you should know oh, that this yeah. Duke is a weaselly man, and if he finds out about this, at best, he's gonna pull his funding out of the show. At yeah. worst, he's you, he's got this manservant with a gun the whole movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So she, yeah. So team refuses, planning to run away with Christian, and uh, Zidler informs her that she is dying. That's the like where it's like now you're like okay now you're telling her. Mm -hmm. um, Zidler explains that to save Christian's life, Satine must reject him. Barred from the Moulin Rouge, Christian is heartbroken. Though Toulouse insists, Satine does still love him. That moment. Yeah. W when John Leguizamo is like at the bedside 
I'm getting emotional just thinking about it. It was, it was so beautifully delivered. And he's just like, I know she still loves you. I know it. I know it. It's just like the most yeah. beautiful and heartfelt and like. I, I Yeah. Because we just talked about John Leguizamo so recently because he was so good as Tybalt. I, right. I think he's so hampered by this Elmer Fudd voice. Oof. This Elmer Fudd yeah. list. Well, and because so much of what he's doing is this like it, it, part and parcel of this like wacky like clown yeah um yeah trio yeah but i think he's fantastic in the last half hour yes i feel like specifically this scene and then all through the ending i think he's great because then you're you're already on stage you're yeah. on they're on stage doing a show so then it's like his, his largesse is a little well, whatever also like lingering with close-ups on him like he's in that piero Finally, clown makeup yeah. and we're getting close-ups so he can act with his eyes which it's he also is wonderful yeah, they're, they're not making 18 edits per a second where it's really you're letting hard two people talk to each other then you're watching the editor's performance rather than the yeah. the actors which is totally fine but when you have someone like john leguizamo when we finally get to spend like yeah. a moment with them yeah oh it was it's really beautiful, beautiful really good and very uh, very different john leguizamo that i'm used to yes, seeing for sure um which i really appreciated so apparently uh, some of his lines, which I assume from, is from the scene, were taken from the letters of the real Henry de Toulouse-Lautrec. So I just wrote down this one, the one line that I, I could find. Uh, it was the Christian, you may see me only as a drunken, vice-ridden gnome whose friends are just pimps and girls from brothels, but I know about art and love, if only because I long for it with every fiber of my being. That's so <laughs> freaking beautiful. And I think he, like, kills that scene. Yeah. Yeah, it's beautiful. We we rewound it and watched it because we're yeah. like, oh, that was <laughs> just that give was us the gorgeous. Time. Give us the time to appreciate the thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So the night of the show, Christian sneaks into the Moulin Rouge. He confronts the team backstage, but they find themselves suddenly in the spotlight. And Ziller convinces the audience that Christian is the sitar player in disguise. Because the I love when they all go, oh, right. Because we haven't really we haven't even talked about him at all. But the uh, the guy playing the sitar player in this company is the unconscious Argentinian. Argentinian. Is how he's credited. Who just it, keeps is a narcoleptic. Is a narcoleptic. He keeps falling asleep at inopportune times. This time, I mean, what a pratfall of just going, walking up the stairs and then just like, and going dun, 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 down the stairs and then down like a trap door, um, which is why Christian sees him and is like, ah, perfect. Don't need to check on you. You just fell downstairs. I'm just going to steal your jacket and leave you be. You could be dead for all I know. So Christian denounces Satine and walks off the stage. I mean, it's cruel. Yeah, it's not great. Uh, from the rafters to loose remembers his line and dressed as, dressed a, as sitar a sitar in the style of sitar ziggy stardust the truth oh totally he's got his, like ziggy stardust sitar pants oh yeah he's got those he's got, you got your sitar pants on uh, <laughs> and he declares the greatest thing you'll ever learn is just to love and be loved in return which is great because that's david bowie singing that cover of nature boy at the top of the movie so yeah. then have him in david bowie pants this is very true i like that i like i like that little uh yeah nod that um callback uh and this prompts Satine to sing the song that Christian wrote to express their love come what may Christian returns to the stage joining her in the song the Duke orders his bodyguard to kill Christian but is thwarted while Zidler stops the Duke's own attempt to shoot Christian could you imagine if you were at this show or like <laughs> if, if, if this happened like today you're sitting there watching like Les Mis on Broadway and like act two starts Marius is now a completely different guy and they're like aha he's in disguise and then I love hearing about when Elphabus end up calling out mid-show because it happens a lot because like it's such a big thing yeah. you know and one of my friends was telling a story about how she realized at the top of the show like oh no I'm not gonna make it so Ooh. she but she was already had to go on you yeah. know so she 
told stage management at the top of the show because it takes a minute yeah. to get the next girl green. Well, you gotta green her up. Of exactly. Course. So she. <laughs> She, All right, bring out the Kermit puppet. We got to kill some time. They had her. She did the first like uh, half of Act One, and the next, the first appearance of the understudy is when she comes up to sing "I'm Not That Girl," which oh, I was like, "That's incredible. beautiful, incredible." I love that. I'm, I'm not that girl. Please don't notice. <laughs> I'm not that girl. Well, uh, after the curtain closes, Satine succumbs to tuberculosis. Before she dies, Christian and Satine affirm their love, and she tells him to write their story. A year later, the Moulin Rouge has closed down, left in disrepair, and Christian finishes writing the tale of his love for Satine. Whilst sporting an impressive beard. He does have a pretty nice beard, I must say. And it ends it with a love that will live forever. The end. The casting director of Moulin Rouge was Rana Kress. Kress has also cast such films as The Fast and the Furious, The Pirates of the Caribbean, The Great Gatsby, Mad Max Fury Road, and Ford v. Ferrari. So let's move on to some of the actors who were almost cast. Some of these people may have auditioned. Some may have just been discussed by casting. This is all a little subjective. And as always, I have looked up all the actors in advance, and Amy Jo is hearing it along with you, listener, for the very first time. Fresh as a daisy. <laughs> so let's kick it off with Satine. Amy Jo, your thoughts on Nicole Kidman, and who would you cast if you had to cast someone else? I think her her hair acting is beyond great like wig. the great the, wig a series Kidman. of incredible wigs at that she man like if this was the trouble i had going through and trying to find other actors for this i was like what do you actually want what it seems like they want also because Boz Lerman is so visual True. is someone who is like the most unbelievably beautiful human in the world in which case great job um if what you want is someone who can carry off the comedy of the first like half of the movie none of that comes back after like 30 minutes she's never there's no more humor no that she it's, has to it, then worry it's a about. romance and a drama and yeah. that's much more comfortable for her absolutely and and so then it, then it feels like a m more natural place for her to live but yeah. if you want someone who does the clown and that and looks like that it's yeah. a tall ask yeah um and i just i I I I don't know. My and it's not just clown. That's hard. That first thirty minutes, the su the stuff that you're making this poor actor do, it's it's rough. Yeah. It's rough. I I, it's hard I can't to think, think of, of anyone really that can do that. I mean, I mean, it's Ugh. different to like committing to it, and she commits. She to commits it. great. She, she she should gives not be embarrassed. One hundred and ten percent. Uh, but it's like it's cringy to watch. It's so hard to watch. It's really just like there's you've got no life preserver. You're just out there flailing mm. about pretending, like trying to make anything happen as yeah. you're just going like no look this way like she's just doing a lot of like trilled oh, oh, r's that's right that's right yeah oh no yeah yeah it's rough it's tough it's tough and it's rough um tough ooh. and rough my other no chuckles no yuckles no just chuckles, tough and rough just, uh, um just grimaces and frowns um my other thing is that, like, upon a rewatch, it's not that her voice is bad. It's very light, which is fine until you get to come what may. And I'm like, I want big voices on that. I want Gregor's voice. It's just much so more present, open yeah. and large. Yes, exactly. So, like, he's been auto tuned, but you can hear yeah. much more of his voice underneath it. It's got so much more body to it. Now, if you want her to have the voice of a porcelain doll, that's fine. <laughs> but then you have this soaring melody that she just can't quite execute. Yeah. And it's like the big emotional crux of the film. So yeah. 
I would prefer someone with a stronger voice. I I don't know. There's a lot of people who I think would like be fine in this. My first thought was Emma Stone as far as like someone uh, who's actually funny. Yeah. She's a good dramatic yeah, actor true. and she sings yeah. well enough to do this certainly. That's very that's She a great sings point. in a very comparable way to Nicole Kidman, but I think has a little more alto to her voice which might be yeah. um interesting. I did that. I mean, I don't absolutely love this. But she's fantastic, and all these elements would be Amy Adams, and she can actually sing. We know she can sing. She can really sing. Yeah, she's very funny. Yeah, she's she doesn't quite live on the Nicole Kidman frequency, like as far as like what this role requires. But I do oh, think sure. she would probably be good in it. I I one hundred percent agree. Now you know who's we love the Amy Adams. same. Oh yeah, yeah. you got it. The same, same age. age as mm-hmm. Nicole Kidman. Mm-hmm. Um, is Lisa Bonet? Oh, who I don't know how she would do with the clown stuff although she was on multiple sitcoms so like she you know but she's stunning she's she is someone who you look at and you're like what is this face you know like you kind of can't believe it you're looking at an incredibly beautiful person absolutely and like she sings like wow um like not a lot but like you know i didn't realize when i was looking her up to be like just to refresh that she i was like oh right she was in the high fidelity movie so then when her daughter is in the high fidelity series oh, right i yeah. thought that's really kravitz i was like yeah. oh that's great um but yeah she has like a, a beautiful uh not not this like pristine crystal clear thing that is not like i'm not such a fan of uh, like on porcelain, Nicole Kidman. Doll, porcelain yeah. doll yeah. yeah so um but is someone who like i would believe men would be throwing themselves at at her feet duh um so those are my yeah those are great my favorite options those are great options thanks jeff uh i was thinking i mean it's yeah it's whatever there's so many things that you're asking this person but i was like someone who sings someone who's a great actor someone that can do the comedy someone who's a drama give me some tony collette i thought of tony collette and i just this is this is where we also get into like what if what even is a character actor? Even though I think Tony Collette it, it walks the line toward like this more of an ingenue place, but I I was just like I don't quite see it would feel like a different film, which is totally fine, you know. But it just to to me she she seemed more like someone that like if the if the tango dancer if Nini legs in the air were a bigger part. That would be more where I would really want to see Tony Collette because she's just got she's so grounded, and they literally have like Nicole Kidman enter from the air, you know. I mean that's true, but I don't care. I want <laughs> Tony true. Collette. I love Tony Collette. I, I, yes, it would change things in the movie, and I think honestly for the better because yeah, I think that she's also Tony Collette can do comedy, and so I think that whole first thirty yeah. minutes, because the first thirty minutes she used to come in, she's got to be singing, she's got to be doing this whole trapeze. Thing on the whatever yeah then she's got to be like oh, i'm gasping oh, am i dying no i'm okay i'm okay oh now we're doing comedy now i'm doing love and tony collette is someone that i've seen do so many different genres yeah. so successfully uh and nicole kim and i mean very funny in to die for but in a very different way well yes uh, you it's know. in a much more controlled and yeah. much less slapstick so, way anyway no, you're, right, you're right uh and it's my pick so i say it's great. oh okay <laughs> gosh gosh uh, i was also thinking because this movie is so inspired by like multiple operas and multiple like mm-hmm. old whatever's including la bohème so i was like oh right of who did this like same thing in, in four years after this was rosario dawson in the movie of rent mm-hmm. um as as mimi so it's like ah, uh, give me some rosario dawson because another person who is stunningly beautiful can yeah. sing and she um, can dance can and... dance can be funny yeah rosario dawson it was made like today uh, i was just thinking of people that can sing zendaya and people that can mm-hmm. do like i mean just won that emmy for euphoria of like they can do oh right like very dramatic grounded acting can do like some really wild wild stuff uh mm-hmm. but can also be very funny she's very funny in those spider-man movies and i saw on an interview uh 
with Jordan Sparks, Carrie Washington can apparently sing. Oh, and I was like, oh, that's interesting she's to a me. Gorgeous human. A gorgeous human being. Another yeah. person. She's a great actor. I've not really seen her be funny. But they didn't seem that concerned with they that with Kidman. Seem that so... concerned about Kidman. So those are my thoughts. Uh Nicole Kidman, yeah, I you know, I think it's I think she's perfectly fine. I think it's surprising to me that this is the one performance that got an Oscar nomination out of the film. Um it is. Yeah. That's fascinating. Yeah. I mean, it's harder with Ewan McGregor. They both got nominated for Golden Globes. Uh, it is hard with Ewan McGregor. It is harder when you're also like, I'm the young, like, yeah. puppy, sometimes wet against, blanket. you know, Denzel and Training Day and uh-huh. Russell, Russell Crowe and Beautiful Mind. Uh-huh. And like, it's like, I don't think so, Ewan. Uh-huh. Not today. Uh-huh. No. You didn't say the magic word. <laughs> um, right. So Nicole Kidman injured her ribs twice while filming one of the dance from sequences. From corsets? From corsets and suffered from torn knee cartilage resulting from a fall while filming Diamonds Are a Girl's Best Friend. Oh. So she she said that she broke a rib while getting into a corset by tightening it as much as possible yeah. to achieve an 18-inch waist. So a lot of her scenes, if her any most of her scenes, if you can't see her whole body, she's in a, she's in a wheelchair. She's oh, like, yeah. wow. I mean, this is the thing too. Like people don't like having done a lot of shows with like corseting and that sort of thing, but I'm often singing in them it's you got to be careful how tight you get it you have to like also train yourself gradually to tighten yeah. it tighter and tighter so that you don't bruise a rib um one of my best friends nika graf lanzaroni has done many dance heavy shows and corsets and she has i'm not sure exactly she definitely injured herself by Ooh. dancing in a in a corset and after that she's just like very adamant about like no 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 like it doesn't matter how good it looks like yeah. do you want to be unable to move because Oof. your your ribs are busted for months like no yeah uh, and that was a strong lesson yeah strong L- learn your lessons well Ooh, i people. didn't know she'd be in a wheelchair from that jeez yeah well from the leg because yeah. she hurt the oh, leg as well so that's yeah <laughs> she, i mean she tore her knee cartilage so that's why she was oh. in the wheelchair i mean it was that combined with the rib it's just like I mean, she gave a pretty dang good performance, considering I'm sure she was in a ton of pain for hey, a lot of it. Hey, it worked for the TB. It worked for the TB. Put it into Use the work. It. You put it in the text, Nicole. <laughs> I'm imagining I'm imagining this, like, Brunhilde of an acting coach, like, Nicole, use it. Use You're it for your TB. You're just doing an impression of the voice coach in uh, Singing in the Rain, who's oh, trying to get Lena Lamont to... A little bit. <laughs> and I can't stand him. And I can't him. stand him. And I can't stand, I can't stand him. him. There you go. Lena Lamont adds Satine. Oh. Uh, but no. But here's who actually was up for Satine right off the bat. The second choice after Nicole Kidman was Renee Zellweger. Huh. Oh, I'm, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's so funny because this is, you know, Chicago is the next year. I think we mentioned that Nicole yeah. Kidman was up for it but was still injured. From uh, Moulin Rouge. And I'm, sh- of course, sure, was... and I'm sure didn't want to do another musical the How many year episodes after. ago? Could It that was, was like fifth, a decade fifth, ago. Fifth episode, I believe. It was a while ago. Um, I've forgotten it all. A decade, one decade, one decade one ago. One decade ago. Uh, she was second choice. But in 2001, she was doing Bridget Jones' Diary. So she was up for the Oscar was against so Nicole Kidman. Wow. I know. They both lost to Halle Berry in Monsters Ball. Great. Which, good for her. Yeah. But uh, yeah, this is Oh, Halle great... Berry, another one of the most beautiful oh, humans on the face incredible. of the planet. Yeah. Can she sing? Good question. Mm. Don't know. Um, but yeah, I mean, you got three Bridget Jones movies now. I mean, that was a good choice on Renee Zellweger, yeah. uh, which I never saw. But also with Jim Broadbent. This is a big year for Jim Broadbent because yeah. he had this, 
Bridget Jones Diary and Iris, where he won the Oscar for Supporting Actor. That's a huge year for Wild. He's like, no one knows who I am, and suddenly I've got an Oscar. (laughs) I know, exactly. Uh, Catherine Zeta-Jones was up for Satine. Oh, now that... That's a person. Okay, 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 okay. Always be caroling. Catherine Zeta-Jones, we know, can sing her face off from Chicago. And Uh, she's someone with a lot of of alto and can, like, bring that... And up. she has and that she's like also... severe porcelain doll. Yes. I feel like she can totally she's do that. Gorgeous. Too. Yeah. She's one of those faces you're like, I can't look away. <laughs> so, all right, I'm into that. I'm into that. I'm into I that. I think that's a good choice. I'm, I'm trying to think of like in terms of the comedy of that first thirty minutes. I feel like it's she's funny though. She's she's got more of a funny like sardonic kind of sense of humor. That's but true. I think that that would actually lend itself to it. Okay. And I might, oh, she might just be able to, I'm also just picturing what I, what's difficult is that I'm picturing other women doing the exact same thing that Nicole did and being like, okay, who would be whatever. I was like, who could do this in a way where I'm not embarrassed? Like Alison Brie, like a comedian yeah. really of some who, who's also go- still gorgeous yeah. that could like commit to that. And I'm like, oh no, actually Catherine Zeta-Jones or whomever, there's so many other things. And there's unless, other ways to do unless it. Unless Lerman is just like, no, you, I need you to be like flailing really? your little robe like this. Like he, ha, hoo. <laughs> Your little <laughs> and going ree, ree. uh yeah but if Catherine jones is like uh no i'm gonna do this instead i'm gonna make a different choice then uh that might not be so- yeah 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 oh so cringy uh kate winslet was <gasps> considered speaking of iris that's what she was doing in 2001 Ooh. getting one of her bajillion oscar nominations now i love kate winslet I love yeah. Kate Winslet. Hmm. I mean, she she's... would certainly handle the comedy and switches to drama just fine. This is true. This is true. I mean, she's funny. She can do the drama. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was curious. I was like, does Kate Winslet sing? And I looked it up and she recorded a single for this 2000 or, or like maybe late 90s or 2000 or whatever uh, animated version of A Christmas Carol that she was in that I'd never heard of. Mm-hmm. Like Simon Callow is ebenezer scrooge nicholas cage is marley there's like random sure, uh, sure, like sure. this got like no release so she like sang a song on the sound for the soundtrack of this movie so i'll play just a little uh a bit. snippet I did All not right, so expect a bit. country. I, I know. Like, yeah, of a, from a Christmas Carol. <laughs> well, that, but also like of Kate Winslet. But that is the exact range that they have Kidman in. That, yeah. but but with a lot more body to the sound. Yeah. Wow. Oh. I know. So I mean, gosh, of that almost still makes me angry. Auto tuning her. Yes, but she's not as heavily auto tuned. And again, true, because true, true. she has more depth to her sound yeah. profile, like it, it doesn't sound as right. like floaty. You yeah. know. And I, yeah, so I mean, I, I always love Kate Winslet. Oh, like, put yeah. Kate Winslet in everything and Truly everything. Truly in anything. Um, yeah, she's not, she does not give you like diamond porcelain, untouchable porcelain mm-hmm. doll that you get from Nicole Kidman. Um, but you get like, I, I think just like the more of the real meaty yeah, emotion sure. underneath all that that you then need later on, you know, if you're casting whatever for the last color of your film. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Also, I like if you've it. seen Sense and Sensibility, she plays ill very well. Now, this is very, very true. Colonel Brandon, <laughs> thank you. 
Hillary Swank was considered. Does she sing? This I don't know. I didn't think to look up Hillary Swank if she could sing. Well, um, maybe. I don't I know. I don't know. That's peculiar. It's just so not what she tends right. to do. Well, of course. Yeah. I mean, you know, she's won or two Oscars for Boys Don't Cry and Million Dollar Baby. Yeah. Which is about as far away from Moulin Rouge as you can get. Maui. In terms of grounded, like, serious dramas that end in tra- Are tragedy. Also about, like. Although, I guess, yeah, this also ends in tragedy, this Moulin Rouge. Uh, but very different. Very different. Yeah. Just a little. Uh, I mean, Hilary Swank, great actor. But Truly. Don't know. Don't know if she can sing. Don't know. Uh, this is also a strange one to meet. Kira Sedgwick was considered, who I like in what she does, but feels just a very different person. Yeah, compared I don't know to the that I've ones. even actually seen her in anything, but that feels like a late '90s choice. Yeah, you know? yeah. Uh, Drew Barrymore was considered. Oh, uh, that doesn't work for me. No, nor I, nor I. I'm pretty sure. And Drew Barrymore is a as, delight. I think. But... We, I think we would have said in any, the Enchanted episode. I think I mentioned that she was in that Woody Allen movie. Everyone says I love mm-hmm. you, where she's the only one that is lip sync. That is a uh, has someone dubbing her. Well, here's the thing: they had Jim Broadbent dubbed when he is doing the singing, singing True. like not the goofy stuff. But it's like, right. Why not do like in Days of Old with like Marnie Nixon dubbed half of Hollywood? It's you know, true. I think that it, it's just you know I'm trying to think of like. Because we were, I was looking through listener of like the biggest musicals before this, and there was like nothing. There's there were some musicals, but mainly animated films. Like really, yeah. Before this was like Newsies, and like, and you had the occasional thing that was like whatever about like a band or where it's like okay, yeah. you're about it's the all Rose. diegetic, exactly. Yeah. Um, but really, but like this is like Newsies and like a Little Shop of Horrors, and, and then Annie, and you then know? they're all doing In their the own early singing. 80s. I feel like it's kind of became kind of uh, no. I look, I am obviously as an passe. actor singer, like yeah. I really like when people can do their own singing but um also you know you could juice it a little bit i mean you can but then there you go she getting that oscar nomination or is it going to be like audrey hepburn in uh my fair lady where it's like you didn't do your own singing sorry audrey yeah get out of here you that's true maybe people also after that that are like exactly so you know i i feel like it's like with jim broadbent you're like okay you this one big song yeah. song that we'll dub you for opposed to like one of your the leads of the film where no it, I, yeah look i don't want them to dub people but if they were really right. set on nicole kid i bet they were like she sings fine enough to get yeah. through you know which yeah. i guess is true it's just as someone who is surrounded by some of the best vocalists like ever I <laughs> like mean, on a daily yeah. basis like yeah. the voices that like i hear from my peers and it's like and right. this is this is what we're doing for a giant hollywood film interesting <laughs> uh i mean speaking of these next few people were all singers so they were also they were like okay who are the actors that can sing and, and who we'll are the singers sing. who can who's the singers that we can try to see if they can act so i don't really know these people too well sophie ellis bexter is a singer uh charlene spiteri who's a singer with the band texas which i don't i don't know maybe you listener maybe some of you know uh natalie mendoza who is in the movie as one of the other diamond dogs she plays china doll oh yeah I know. Um, big theater actor in the UK. She like I was so, say, I know that name. Oh, yeah, so many shows. She In terms of films, not a ton of screen credits. She was in a, this horror movie, The Descent, that I've seen that is a little more well-known. And she played a, how, how do you pronounce it, in uh, South Pacific, Liat? Oh, yeah, Liat. Liat. Yeah. Uh, she's in the TV movie version with Glenn Close and Harry Connick Jr. as oh. Liat. Uh, that was like probably a year or two before this. And she was also the original Arachne in Spider-Man oh. Turn Off the Dark on Broadway. Because I was like, why do I know this name? That's and it's why because, I know that name. Like a year ago, I read the book, uh, Song of the Sp- I think I think called Song of Spider Man. I think so. About the making of that disaster, listener. Strong recommend for Song of Spider Man or Song of the Spider Man. Actually, haven't I haven't read it, but I saw yeah, the piece. I, uh, I saw the piece 
when it was still in previews, but it had been uh, previewing for almost a year. Oh, my um, God. I saw it, like, yeah, December of, that would have been, like, 2011. So they had already, like, gotten rid of the geek chorus They've and the song so about much. shoes and everything. Yeah. One of Arachne's big songs. Exactly. It's I like, why does he like that, that Mary Jane Watson? Is it because she's got those shoes? She's I've only got, got two legs. I've got legs. eight legs with eight shoes. Laka, 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 uh, laka. But yeah, she was apparently like, I remember this, she was like in the orchestra pit when one of the Spider-Men like fell into Ugh. it. And that like, she was like, I, I have to leave. I have to leave. This yeah. person like fell down next to me. Uh, I'm, I've got to get get me out of here. She was like, get me out of here, agent. Uh, so yeah. So that's why I was like, oh, that's why I recognize that name of Natalie Mendoza. Mm. Um, which, you know, that'd have been really rad. So she's in the movie as, as China at all. Um, but uh, that'd have been cool i assume yeah. she's got so many stage credits i'm like you clearly are an incredible singer but that's one of those things where often like people will audition people for the lead knowing they're going to put them in a smaller role but just yeah. to like see it like oh we'll try it and then it's like yeah. okay no they're great but we'll put them in a tiny part with no lines or you know? you know sometimes you will get that you'll be like if we've got a if we've got a big enough star it's like in Little Shop, you can have relatively unknown Ellen Green because you have the star power of Rick Moranis opposite her people. Mm-hmm. You can have like Francesca Hayward. Hey, yes, yes, from uh, from Cats. From Cats. Um, but you can have her like this a, is very tr- yeah, like very a very exactly. well known ballet dancer yeah. in the UK because you've got <laughs> Judy Dench exactly. and Idris Elba. You surround them with stars, and then you're like, here now we can have. But this doesn't really, you know, it whatever. It doesn't require it, the it same level of technical skill. Oh, yeah, this is true. Yeah. Um, and finally, uh, Courtney Love was considered fascinating. Yeah, she's gone on record saying that losing the role of Satine to Nicole Kidman was one of the biggest disappointments of her career. Sure. Baz Luhrmann characterized the difference between the two actresses by saying Courtney is fire and Nicole is ice. This prompted Love to remark that Kidman was a puddle and dedicate the song Miss World, a song about a self-loathing beauty queen, to Kidman on her 1999 tour with her band Hole. So she was not letting that go. No, she sure don't. Uh, (laughs) uh, Let's move on, though, to the unconscious Argentinian. Amy Jo, your thoughts on, uh, if I'm pronouncing this correctly, Jacek Komen, who's a Polish actor who played the Argentinian. And who would you cast if you had to cast someone else? Aside from the fact that he's Polish, yeah, I think he's magnificent. Uh, I, yeah, I mean, the machismo and, like, the bravado. It's, like, another one that actually is, like, because he's a smaller role, so I don't think of him as much as, like, Zidler and the Duke. But, yeah. like, he is really hitting the largesse yes. in a way that should be a brother. Egregious, but, I think, but it, it's yeah, but wonderful. It really works. And then, like, that Roxanne. That Roxanne, that Roxanne and that Tango people. is I mean, come so on. good. He's just so good. Um... Yeah, I, I like him a lot. Uh, we were having this chat before we recorded about, like, why couldn't it have been the unconscious Russian? Yeah. Or, I mean, I was saying it's probably because they chose to do a tango, but still, like, yeah, uh, you know, people do tango the all over the of world. The tango. They sure do. Who cares? My the... top choice for this who would never be in this role because it is so small is Antonio Banderas. I mean, that would be awesome. Who's though. like, we know he sings. Yeah. He's got that like uh, charisma and the machismo oh yeah um and and then my only other choice which would not have been clearly for <laughs> 2001 was uh the other broadway guido contini which is raul julia who i will continue oh, to oh, recommend for okay. anything ever See, i mean great but I thought you were going to say the person who replaced Antonio Banderas on Broadway 9, John, John Stamos. Stamos. 
<laughs> I was not going to say that, and I never will, and I never will. Oh, uh, sure. Oh, I love it. Yeah, because I, I didn't even think about like, oh, I could change. We could change this to the unconscious Russian, the unconscious whomever. Yeah. Um, but if you're gonna have to be the unconscious Argentinian, they're not Argentinian. I'm just trying to think of people that are somewhat okay with casting. Don't know if they can sing, but I was like, get you want give me Laura Jess, give me. I recommend them so much, Benicio del Toro or Bobby Cannavale. Okay. Uh, I feel like Benicio del Toro, if he tried to, if he could sing, he would sound a lot like this guy. I feel like if he sang, it would be a lot like, <laughs> it would be this like throaty, like, yeah, yeah, I can yeah. only sing a few takes because my voice is being destroyed as I sing. Yeah. <laughs> I have a, no technique to not destroy my throat, but it sounds real cool. But one it time. sounds great. <laughs> uh, but yes, yeah, someone that can play up that machismo, because that's really, yeah. That's what this character is bringing to it. It's kind of like a somewhat of a one-note joke. He's like, "I am a big manly man," and then oh, and I'm an that is, I think Raul Julia would be hilarious. In that'd, be, like, that'd be incredible. He is, he's got that theatricality and that the, his comedic timing. Oh yeah. I mean, it is Gomez Adams. You know, totally, it's just totally. like it's turning on a dime. I mean, just thinking of that, his mustache is Gomez. I'm like Raul Julia is the Duke. It's a very different Duke. It's just a very, but it's a, it's more of a Duke Moulin that you're like, Rouge. oh, maybe Satine should go off with this Duke. Every character yeah. played Raul Julia, Julia, one man show. Yes, 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 <laughs> yes. Moulin Raoul, <laughs> Raouge, Raou, Raou, Moulin Julia, Rouge Julia. Uh, anyway, we really got there. I, we got somewhere. Uh, <laughs> one other person up for this role. Sean Leguizamo. Well, I was wondering if that were the case. Yeah, he apparently know? had his choice of playing. I don't know if it was just his choice of playing unconscious Argentinian or Latrec, well, or if it was the choice. I don't know what else it would be if it was his choice of playing yeah. other roles as well. But he, he'd be a good Duke as well. Very different. He but he'd would be, very be good. good. That would be very different. But I could also totally see that. For sure. But he said like, I, I don't even know if he read the script. He just looked at like the character's name. And he's like the unconscious Argentinian. I don't want to be asleep for half this movie. <laughs> I'm going like, to be the one that's talking. You get a lot of, you get a big number though. I want to be the one that's talking. Yeah. But I mean, he gets the one instead that's like open it. He's got the first little whiff of a yeah, number yeah, with yeah. Nature Boy and I think is a much showier role. Oh, for sure. Uh, I don't think it's just because it's a more recognizable actor. I do think it's yeah. a, a bigger part. I mean, you are for the climax. You don't want to be the guy that in the climax of the movie is asleep and then wakes no, up for a single true. line and then falls asleep again. That's true. You want to be wearing sitar pants. You want to be wearing the sitar pants. You want to be playing the sitar. Uh, yeah. So uh, that brings us, of course, right into Henry de Toulouse Lautrec. Henri. 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 Yes. He's French. I'm my mistake. Henri de Toulouse Lautrec. Henry Lautrec. Henry Lattrick. Henry Lattrick. Coming at you. Pew, 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 pew. Toe louse. All rooting to in Henry. <laughs> Don't call me toe louse. Uh, brother. Um, so what are your thoughts on John Leguizamo? And who would you cast if you had to cast someone else? Um, This is tricky. Um, For a variety of reasons. Yeah. I mean, it's not just like, oh, this this character. It, like, say Lord of the Rings. Mm -hmm. You cast some shorter actors to then make smaller because they are a fictional right species you're a hobbit it's you're a not, hobbit yeah. it's yeah i, I was looking up latrec because i hadn't in low these many years yeah. aside from like um his art but um yeah he, if you listener have never didn't know this is a real person this is a real real person uh a famous painter, famous painter uh yeah. who of it was in you know i think he died in like in 1901 but he was like there at he the died Mulan. very young yes he yeah. died pretty similar age-wise i think to where john Leguizamo was around here i think he was like in his late 30s or yeah mid like mid i want to say um oh. um but yeah he was like in this area and very similar ish to the film was befriended the, all these bohemians and prostitutes and 
Okay, so apparently, apparently his parents were first cousins, and like, like a lot of his health struggles were attributed to a long history of inbreeding in the family. Um, it being the time, and you know, like they were like low-level aristocracy, which is a really common thing. <laughs> so apparently, at the age of thirteen, Toulouse-Lautrec fractured his right femur, and at fourteen, he fractured his left femur. Gah. The breaks did not heal properly. Modern physicians attribute this to an unknown genetic disorder, and then they give a whole bunch of different possibilities, uh, or, yeah, or a variant disorder along the lines of osteoporosis, and then a lot of other um, things that I can't pronounce. Afterward, his legs ceased to grow so that as an adult, he was extremely short, about five feet tall. He developed an adult-sized torso while retaining his child-sized legs, um, which is like having seen photographs of him, like, it's like, okay, all mm. right, you know, but um, that's very tricky. Like, how do you cast that authentically? Yeah. You know, I mean, and five feet is also like, if you're just looking for someone who's, who's five feet tall, that is Tom very Cruise. doable. There you go. You're done. <laughs> um so yeah so i was like i don't know i mean i think he's he he does as best as he can with this this is not my favorite john leguizamo performance but as we have said this is my favorite moment in the movie his is like my like other than the the overall performances of jim broadbent and and what's his name richard roxburgh richard roxburgh yeah like his little mini monologue to christian is my favorite part of this film um, so I was just like, I don't, I don't know. Cause I know like some actors like of short stature, like Peter Dinklage have no interest in playing people that you want to, you want me to play them because I am also a short stature, you know? Yeah. So, you know, and I also am like, this is not a Peter Dinklage role. I don't know. Here's the thing. Cause you didn't watch Game of Thrones and watching eight seasons of Peter Dinklage as like, all I do is booze and cavort with prostitutes. Yes. But he seems to me to like, there's this like very fragile gentleness to Leguizamo's performance. And to me, Peter Dinklage has like so much swagger. But it's the swagger that's covering up all oh, that. See, fragile, I've only seen some scenes. I mean, well, that's why he's winning those Emmys and Golden Globes is because, you know, that's well, where he starts. He's one of like, our finest actors. Yeah, so. that's where I was like, I mean, it's the only person I th- I could think of for this as yeah. Peter Dinklage. The- but I do think that's actually some like emotionally that i think that he is so locked in mm. on this like if they were to be do- whatever if they were like let's do like craft like an oscary biopic of latrec for peter dinklage yeah. i think that that'd be something that he might be interested in but more importantly would crush, would crush. well he's so good yeah my only other thought and i'm actually not sure how tall this actor is he's certainly taller than five feet tall but i was like who's someone who is also on the shorter side who is like does really well with comedy and also like such depth and that's uh tom hollander who oh he's He's in those pirates of the caribbean movies uh, all the stuff i know i'm from is like so much more like oh you know he's he's He's... in the the kira knightley pride and prejudice as mr collins he's he's, in gosford park Park. he's in uh in the loop uh armando uh movie you did veep he's also um we we saw him on broadway in in a tom stoppard play he's just a tour de force of a performer that i yeah. feel like would kill this style very well cool. so I love it. it was my only other thought so leguizamo was required to walk on his knees in special leg braces with his feet and lower legs removed through special effects in 2005 leguizamo said that while his knees had recovered his lower back was still compressed but the filmmakers got him a great physical therapist who's helped save his spine yeah. so the 
Well, when, when um when Shrek was on Broadway, Chris Sieber played uh, oh, Farquaad, Far- and yeah. and the the conceit in the Broadway production is that the actor plays the role on their, their knees. knees, and uh, a kid that I know who was playing it like regionally somewhere had like reached out to him on Facebook. Chris Sieber is like the nicest man in the world, um, but reached out to him on Facebook, basically being like, "Oh, I'm playing this part," and he's like, "Let me give you all of my information for how to save yeah. your body." Oh yeah, you do not want to. You don't want to, decades later, being like, oh, if only I could, like, run this marathon. If only I could climb this mountain. If only I could do these things. But instead, I did Shrek. Instead, I did eight shows a week as Shrek. And Chris Sieber's, like, 6'4", 6'5". He played Gaston on Broadway at one point. Like, this large man who's then, like, (laughs) just going to put all of that muscle mass on top of my knees. Oh, Oh, that sounds dreadful. It sure does. Um, but as far as who that sound, I did not expect it for this. It's time to play a quick round of two truths and some guy. The way it works, two of the following actors were up for the role of the trek. One was not. Amy Jo is to guess which is which. Your options are Rowan Atkinson, oh. Alfred Molina, and Alan Cumming. Come on. Huh? <laughs> where to go? Where to go? Where to go? I'm going to say some guy is Alfred Molina. That is correct. Yeah. Alfred Molina, as far as I could tell, was not up for this. He's just track. a giant burly man, oh, too. Oh, this is true. This is very true. Wow. Um, But yeah, Rowan Atkinson and Alan Cumming were the other two actors that were considered. Rowan Atkinson, instead, in 2001, was doing the movie Rat Race, which was a very dumb comedy that I yeah. saw multiple times in theaters. I don't doubt it. <laughs> uh, and Alan Cumming... There's a big, he had the anniversary party, which we've mentioned before uh-huh. on the pod, uh, some movie called Intimate Affairs, an episode of Sex in the City, Josie and the Pussycats, and right. Spy Kids. So, oh, where, Spy Kids was huge for him, big, too, right? Big, for him. I think he's in but Josie one the of those Pussycats, he's like the, or is the Spice World movie that he is also he's in. He's also in Spice World. <laughs> jo- Josie and the Pussycats, Josie the Pussycats, he's like, his Parker Posey is the villain, and he's like the number two. So he's like the I one see. that's really dealing with the pussycats. He's like, I'm your new manager. Like, let's go. Let chop chop go. It'll shock you to hear I've never seen either uh, uh, movie. I think you would really enjoy it. Josie and the Pussycats is actually really good. Oh. It's uh, also some more Rosario Dawson. Uh, but it's actually very funny because it's also such a satire on the consu- like pop mm. culture, like consumerism. Yeah. Um, is actually pretty delightful. Uh, and, and you got Parker, Parker Posey, Posey and, and Alan, Alan Cumming. Cumming. That's like a real Great. team rocket. I want to. <laughs> oh my god! See. They would have been <laughs> an amazing, an amazing team, team rocket in a Pokemon live action movie. Out still do it today. Do if it today. You, you got this Detective Pikachu. Have a cameo with Alan. If that was like the end credit sequence of Detective Pikachu was setting up, like I know that's a set. I think a different world than normal Pokemon. I don't know these things. Um, <laughs> I have friends that do that are probably mad at me for not knowing these things. <laughs> um, but to have like the end credits is like suddenly it's like who are these people and suddenly it's Alan Cumming and Parker Posey as Team Rocket. That would be rad. Chop 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 chop. Uh, but yeah, I think either of them would be good. I think Alan Cumming, of course, that like really feels oh, yeah. like center of the bullseye in terms of like largesse. Largesse in terms of like yes, this like artistic like i'm just drinking and with prostitutes and like uh, just yeah the i think would be would fit really nicely on him Mm -hmm. um but also someone with like such great emotion underneath that he only gets to in like the biggest films that i feel like a lot of people know him from he doesn't get to do a ton of i think there's like one scene in x-men 2 where he's nightcrawler Mm -hmm. where he actually gets like oh like in this where a scene with two people talking where we're not having things explode in that (laughs) case or in this case sing and dance and flash 
and people there's things talk. that explode in this movie you know? this is true that that right elephant love medley right at the end suddenly half of that elephant head goes just michael bay for dra- Ma- michael for bay drama, for drama nerds it's michael bay for drama nerds <laughs> I, I i tell you it really is uh and uh then we finally we come to christian amy joe your thoughts on ewan mcgregor and who would you cast if you had to cast someone else i have my my note about this is him in this movie i was like this is the perfect age for ewan mcgregor to be yeah <laughs> You know what I mean? Well, you know, it's we're now 19 years later, and he is still this age. He still looks not like, not he's not a full Paul Rudd effect. He looks a, like a grown man. It's now. not a full Paul Rudd, but he is someone that has been aging spectacularly. No, no, he looks tremendous. But like this, him at this age, I was like, oh, this works for you. You know, like, and obviously he's had a wonderful career and has done many, many things. But it's just like. Oh, this like young puppy dog, young boy, like it sits really nicely on you. Whereas like yeah. we we were talking when we were watching the movie, we were like, oh, actually, if this were like a slightly different age, like if he were a little bit younger, like he could have been a good Romeo. Yeah. I didn't even think about that in our Romeo and Juliet episode. Not at all, like, but he seeing was up for Mercutio, which is like, yeah, I guess. But really, it's like, oh, Romeo is where this guy lives. Absolutely. That's why I, I think he is such a good casting choice for this because you kind of, because it like as much as it is like shut up christian with all this like i don't want you sleeping with him don't you love me i hate uncle jamie he's just like a little baby in this um but because he's just such this earnest like kicked puppy dog is like what huh it does it works as much as it can work it works yeah and that really i think rests entirely on his shoulders and i think he's just such an earnest performer yes and he's he's got those really like the the watery eye like he's so oh, yeah. just like open and the camera loves it i mean the whole nicole kim and dying in his arms and him just sobbing oh, over her is it's beautiful is so beautiful he is so well done it's like you that's what you get with him you're getting talk about like a guy in touch with his emotions who's yeah. like yeah i'm gonna be great i mean yeah of course i'm gonna i'll be crying and singing and dancing it's like of course i don't go yeah it's just so like open like yeah. heart chakra exploded you oh, know yeah um for some reason heart also... chakra explosion could totally be a song heart heart chakra yes. explosion medley could all could instead of <laughs> elephant love medley that's exactly what it is <laughs> yes um i'm also remembering his peculiar habit of wearing a hat inside while he writes and he just looks like he's trying to be like gene kelly or something well i'll say this amy joe sometimes because i'm also a writer listener if you don't know um Sometimes it's nice having a writing hat. It does make you feel, <laughs> it, it, it makes you feel, you're like, yeah, I got my writing hat on. It's like, this is my, uh, you know, or, or, or a jaunty writer scarf. I don't have a writer scarf, but I'm saying that I can understand having an accoutrement. That, uh... Uh-huh. No, that's, oh, wow. <laughs> although, although it's that's a, really it's a nice, cute. It's a nice fedora. It's not his top hat that he's wearing earlier in the film. If he was wearing a top hat while writing, then I'd be like, what are you doing, you dumb dumb? What are you doing? A nice little writer's fedora, I'm going to say. <laughs> Look, whatever gets the job done, I guess. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not one to throw stones, I'm saying. <laughs> Oh, that's so funny. I don't know, because you write in a different room. So I, uh, I than I do. Oh, I don't normally have a hat on while I'm writing, but occasionally it's like, oh, wearing a hat. Well, I don't really hat jazz general. up my writing today. Well, maybe just, maybe it's because, it, oh, maybe it's, I subconsciously, it makes me feel like Hugh McGregor in this. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, and I don't, I'm not looking in a mirror. So for all I know, my hair looks like his as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the end. <laughs> oh. I mean, man, talking, think, talking just briefly about that of uh the one year later look 
just watching it, we're like, well, that's 2020. Of uh, that's the like how just, it started, how it's going. Yes. Of him bearded, like in bed, looking at pages, disgusted ever, this with himself. room, and the room is disgusting. There's like booze bottles and papers everywhere, and he's just he's unwashed, tank top and suspenders. Oh, uh, and you're like, wow, this is real. He really hit, tapped into 2020 yeah, energy. 2020 yeah, energy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big oh, it time, made me laugh. Big time 2020 energy. Oh. All right. So some of my other thoughts, I will say the one name that kept just like screaming at me. And part of this was the vocal quality. I was like, oh, Taryn Edgerton. Oh, yeah. It's just like yeah. exact same like so good. vocal so range. So good in Rocket Man. So good. And like very similar energetically of this kind of like open and super vulnerable. I, I mean, could totally singer. see it. And yeah, he can, he can really sing. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it sounded very, very yeah. in the same kind I, of pocket. He was you know? on my short list. I, I was, I was thinking about him. Yeah, a lot. he's just the one of the only ones that I wrote down while we were actually watching the movie, like because immediately that I was like, sense. oh, it sounds like Taron Edgerton. Um, then uh, some of these would have been different times. Uh, well, obviously that one would have been as well. Um, but like Hugh Jackman, if he was much younger, like you know, back yeah. when he was like doing Oklahoma and wasn't like a super buff guy, but was more just like. You know, hey, I'm Australian too, I mean, boss. I mean, this is 2001. Oklahoma was like 99. Yeah, it would have been around that time. You know, like, it's really like X Men. I think is also he's always been like a broader guy. Cause he he played. Speaking of people that have played Gaston, he played Gaston in Australia. Yeah. But um, like you look at him in Oklahoma, like you watch yeah. that movie that they did at the stage adaptation, and he's not <laughs> he's not like cut from. That's Marvel. what I'm saying. That X Men was like really the start of him being like, let me hit this fitness regime. Hit my fit. Hit my fit. Um, and then another thought I had, and this would not be like right now, but like a few years ago, mm-hmm. but someone who I am obsessed with and think is the absolute best and, and I did a little research on and like, apparently he can oh. sing is Sterling K. Brown. <gasps> oh, he can sing too. Is there anything he can't do? No. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> oh, not. Yes. There's one thing he cannot do. Disappoint me. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Would look great in a hat. Would look great in a writer's hat. He looks great. He looks great in a hat. He looks great without a hat. He looks great in clothes, out of clothes. He looks great all the time. He would make it Sterling work. Sterling is one of those gorgeous people I've ever seen in my exactly. dang life. And just like truly, like oh, when I think of I like actors it. working today that are the that just radiate charm and draw me to them, which would make that's one of the things that Ewan McGregor also has going for him is it's like it makes Christian not insufferable. Yeah. You're like, come on, Christian, come on, guy. But you are like, but he's young and stupid, you know, and also so charming. Like yeah. you need someone that the camera is like ooh, and sterling k brown uh has that going on absolutely yeah my thoughts i was really just thinking of like okay other people other actors who can sing mm-hmm. but also have enough film cred that i believe them like leading yeah. a film like this uh and someone that we've talked about on this podcast before uh, who I think is kind of a little underrated, James Marston. He is on my yeah. <laughs> list as well. So good in Enchanted. I mean, so good in Hairspray as well. So yeah. it's like two great singing roles. I was like, he's a great singer. And he's he so gorgeous. radiates like, I'm yeah. just a good looking sort of yeah. I think, naive yeah, type. I think Hugh McGregor is a better pick, but I could see if Hugh McGregor wasn't available, I think James Absolutely. Marston could actually do a really uh, decent job with this. Um, Tay Diggs. Uh, mm-hmm. I think it'd be really beautiful, mm-hmm. really beautiful performance. Uh, too young for two thousand one, but if this is made later, Chris Pine. Just once again, just people that can you know can sing from into the oh, woods. Oh right, right. I was like, does he sing? We just talked about it like last yeah. week. <laughs> <laughs> I've forgotten it all. Um. Yes. Yeah, so let's get into it right off the bat. 
Heath Ledger lost the lead when it was determined that he looked too young alongside Nicole Kidman. Well, Ewan McGregor is like five years younger than she is, four or five years younger. Oh. And he- Heath Ledger would definitely like look very young next Certainly year, would look oh, very young. Oh, but I am into that. I mean that, yeah. He, I'm yeah. into that. Because he really is like, 10 Things I Hate About You was like, it was like that in 1999. And then I think The Patriot in 2000 mm-hmm. kind of cemented him being like, who was this beautiful, like intense young yeah. actor um because 2001 he instead had a knight's tale and monster's ball mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. you've got which is kind of a good move you've got like the monster's ball you got one movie where you have can have like okay here's me acting giving like a real performance and, and then a knight's like tale a... here's me as like a pretty pretty boy with my long blonde hairs for all these women to start swooning isn't over isn't that also because i did not see it but i was working on a perth accent packet for somebody and so i was listening he's from perth originally or was from perth oh. um so he um I was, so they were doing like clips of a knight's tale like with this interview and i think that it also had like a contemporary soundtrack against it which was like an unusual thing to do at the time it had we will rock you i don't and that might be the only one i oh. don't know i don't know if it was a bunch of like contemporary songs i know that it was that i know it was like shannon sassaman is like every, people are stomping and clapping as oh she- i don't mean that like it was diegetic i'm or, or that people were doing it. i mean like the soundtrack itself was like that's what super i'm saying it might only be that i i, I could be wrong yeah. as far as i knew it was only that one song mm-hmm. all the more egregious to have one moment in your period piece suddenly have people burst out into queen suddenly have queen um, queen is universal time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah but yeah imagining heath ledger is like i i think that'd be that's good great. that's good that's maybe i mean i, I like think it. ewan mcgregor opposite nicole kidman is better but yeah. like if we're just talking about the role yeah. i think maybe he's like yeah. I, th- I think mcgregor and kidman have good chemistry yes. i think they're a great pair with one another because um, you need that chemistry to pop off the screen you or else really do why are you really watching do. it I, it's really hard, I think, to sell that elephant love medley if you don't have two actors that have good chemistry yes. because it's so insufferable wow. in so many ways. <laughs> it's also... be lover. Should we? Should we, Christian? <laughs> Is what I would say. We can't do that. We should be lovers. And that's a fact. Okay, well, I just said we shouldn't, so it's actually not a fact. That's actually an opinion <laughs> of yours. It'd be great if it was just him singing all this and her just talking throughout you shimmied <laughs> up the tail of this elephant where okay. i was having a private moment how is having an affair making us heroes i think that's a little pejorative christian <laughs> that's, we can be that's heroes a bit grandiose i think bowie would be rolling over in his grave if he was born yet in 1901 when we're doing this ding dang thing get out of here and get i don't my... know how he feels about it now in 2001 when in theory someone is filming this film get out of my elephant <laughs> <laughs> anyway moving on Surpri- I guess I'll give you a ding, ding, ding. Hugh Jackman was considered. Well, also when you have Boz Lerman, he's going to be looking at Aussies first, would be my guess. You That's know? true. Who then, he was in uh, the movie Australia that Boz oh. Lerman did with, uh, I think with Nicole Kidman. I think Nicole Kidman is in that as well. Or am I? No, I'm pretty sure it is because it's like, ah, Australia's king and queen, Hugh Jackman mm-hmm. and Nicole Kidman. All hail. All hail. The king and what queen does that Australia. make Kate Blanchett? The Empress? The Empress. There you go. There we go. Yeah. We got it. Uh, yeah. I mean, Kate Blanchett is just like the god. The god yes, of Australia. The goddess of Australia. <laughs> the god of Australia. <laughs> that feels right. That does, indeed. Yeah. Instead, because this was, I mean, X-Men was 2000. So it was really just like, this guy is a star. Put him in everything. Yeah. So 2001, he had this Ashley Judd rom-com, Someone Like You, 
Kate and Leopold with Meg oh, Ryan. Man, I forgot that existed, but I saw it in theaters. Buga, and Swordfish, which I saw in theaters with Halle Berry and John oh, Travolta right. and I Don Cheadle. Uh, such a dumb, 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 dumb little computer hacker thriller where Hugh Jackman is a computer hacker. Hugh Jackman Look, is supposed to be. People can do whatever they want, including work out and then sit at their computer for eight <laughs> to 12 hours at a stretch. Yeah, you, you know, when he's hacking, he's definitely at like a. He's, at, he's on one of those like walking treadmill desks. Yeah, he's not hacking and snacking. <laughs> oh, he, he ain't doing that hacking and snacking. Unless he's snacking on protein. Unless there's some kind protein. of like the computer, instead of like the treadmill desk when you're doing the computer, if there's one where it's just where you're lifting weights, where you're on like <laughs> your computer is like suspended above your head while you're doing like now we're bench thinking, presses. Now we're thinking. <laughs> That's a I real mean, Quarantine's invention. I honestly don't know how there's enough time in the day for Hugh Jackman to look the way he does. I don't know how he has time to do anything. I don't know how he's time to film things and still look the way he does maintenance you gotta be working on that uh, uh there's some interview where he said like he oh i wake up eat like three egg, chickens e- three like egg breakfast sandwiches and then go back to sleep and then wake up like three hours later and then have my actual oh. breakfast or like something like stupid like that where i was like this sounds this sounds like this would make me hate food it sounds like it makes me hate would hate yeah. life like i don't know how he does it but he does and good for him i mean i like Hugh jackman a lot i but you're right in this like you kind of need the like that young man energy and Hugh Jackman always just read like manly. I guess, but I really think that might change your opinion if you were to rewatch that Oklahoma. I watched it a few years ago and okay. was. It's been a while since I've seen it. It was the most. I didn't because I don't really. I didn't before watching. I was like, ah, eh, Oklahoma. Oh, Hugh Jackman's think, good. Okay. And then I watched it and wept in the scene when he proposes to Lori and she accepts because they were just so both so like young and guileless and charming and just so uh open yeah in a way that like didn't read like big strong hugh jackman is excited that laurie has accepted his proposal huge jacked man energy Um, i I think it's mainly in the yeah of how obnoxiously christian is just like right from the start it's like you're not gonna sleep with the duke right after i just misled you into thinking i was a duke am i it's a like that is like i cannot picture hugh jackman selling that Opposed to, yeah, about opposed to just being the, like, a real douchey energy. But, see, um, I think of Ewan McGregor as someone who does a lot of roles with douchey energy, and yet he does this quite well. It surprised me, because, like, that's not the roles that I, like... Like what? Like, what do you consider douchey energy? If oh, like, in, um uh emma for instance oh, okay. he's which just i've like, not seen so which, fair he's not and it's douchey in a God, jane Obi-Wan austin Kenobi, way. what a d-bag <laughs> he does have that rat tail which is unforgivable only in the first one then 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 by the second and third I they give him a nice watching <laughs> mane of hair he, in those second and third ones his hair is gorgeous there's like some shot someone online that shared they were like either their mom or maybe their grandmother that has like a frame picture of you mcgregor as obi-wan <laughs> kenobi but clearly thinking that it's jesus oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so i think they have it like alongside like little crosses and like whatever and like there's their picture of you mcgregor as jesus there's a so if don't if you don't listen to my favorite murder which jeff doesn't they're like sign off of every episode of stay sexy and don't get murdered so they'll a lot of their merch will be like ssdgm and someone told their mother when she was like oh what does that mean she goes oh it means stay saved and do god's mission and she like wore one of the shirts a murder Mm -hmm. shirt thinking it was like stay saved and do god's mission so then there was a long while where they were signing off oh well that's like there there was someone that had told like i i I don't remember who it was if they just told a family member if they if it had gotten all the way up to like a priest or a preach or whatever of that like that w-a-p stood for worship and prayer no <laughs> or worship and praise something along those lines no. like all right get out of here for that whack it's like but, uh, moving on we got way off topic a little off topic moving on leonardo dicaprio was considered now 
I mean, it makes sense. He'd just done sure, sure, Romeo sure. for Baz Luhrmann. According to DiCaprio, this is him. Quote, I have a pretty atrocious voice. I was about to say, I'd be surprised <laughs> to hear he was a singer. But we had a friendly thing where it was me and him and a piano player, and we tried to sing a song together. It didn't go too well. I think it was Lean on Me. And when I hit the high note, he just turned to me. <laughs> yes, D, I don't know if this conversation should continue. <laughs> So I love that Baz Luhrmann calls Leonardo DiCaprio D. D. Uh, probably short for he was just been like, oh, I'm calling you D for DiCaprio. And also for a douchebag, you little snot. <laughs> um, just of how DiCaprio was in the 90s with his little posse. Sure. Of him and Toe McGuire and Lucas Haas and David Blaine picking up chicks in L.A. I forgot about that. Yeah. So I would. I, Toby, Toby McGuire. McGuire. Toby just McGuire is very short. He could have been to lose the track. Do you want that? No. Do- <laughs> Do you want the year before we played Spider-Man? No. Toby. Okay. Well, great. Then I'm glad we can agree on that. <laughs> uh, this uh, guy I'm not familiar with, Ronan Keating, singer-songwriter, was considered. So I think, once again, you're like, okay, maybe we have a big enough star as a teen. We can have a nobody as Christian. So I wasn't sure, now that we've actually talked about this with Toulouse, if this was for Christian or if maybe for Electric. But I just saw the auditioned for a role, Elijah Wood. Huh. This is the year of Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Ring. He's a very small man, so I'm like, maybe it was for Trek instead. It just I said, feel I like they would have, but he's, it seems more of like uh, yeah. Christian type. I feel like they would have been seeing him for Christian. That's what if they're I'd looking imagine. at like other watery eyed young yeah. men. Right. All I saw was that he auditioned with a song and dance and did not get cast. Oh. As, <laughs> which it is like, what? I just want to know what. Like, I love knowing that DiCaprio sang "Lean on Me" of all things. Like, what was Elijah Wood singing? I what love that. was it? What could it have been? I do love when people reveal what their like go-to audition songs were. Like apparently, Megan Mullally's for years was Adelaide's Lament, and it's like, yeah, duh. That makes so much sense. Of course, that shows everything you do beautifully. Oh, why you have know? we not gotten Megan Mullally as Adelaide? Why? Why? Well, well, well why? Please. But yeah, like, what was Elijah Wood singing? I'm singing. I mean, hello, my name is Elijah Wood. I'm here singing Camelot. <laughs> I'm, I'm picturing him bringing a top hat and cane to his audition. Absolutely. And singing Putting on the Ritz. Yes. And, and singing Obviously. as if he's in Young Frankenstein. Well, he could do both parts. Oh, and do, doing both parts. He, exactly. he does like good Frodo, bad Frodo, you know. I could see. Sure, yeah, sure, yeah, yeah. sure. It makes sense. Uh, <laughs> it makes sense. <laughs> there was, there's this uh, guy, Tim Wheeler of the rock band Ash auditioned and did not get cast by that. Led him to write the track Orpheus in the movie. So I don't know hmm. which song that was. It was some like. I don't know if that was just a musical. It was probably an instrumental. Thing. Yeah, probably. There's probably. no way to know. Literally, no Not way to know. Not when I refuse to, to look. Get up, people. Uh, and finally, also similar to Heath Ledger, considered two young opposite Kidman, Jake Gyllenhaal. Oh, sure. Yes. I agree. But also, I agree. And we know he can sing. Yeah. That's actually a great choice I a couple so years well. later. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. I mean, if you slap- Someone else with like a lot of intensity and beautiful eyes and the camera being like, what's yeah. going on there? Absolutely. Yeah. Lerman said that he was wonderful with a tremendous voice, which, you know, yeah. I mean, guy's, guy's been on Broadway. I've seen him. He sa- sings beautifully. He's, he's Mr. Music. And he's Mr. Music. Lest we forget. <laughs> right. In the John Mulaney, what is it? Sack, Sack lunch, lunch bunch. bunch. He is Mr. Music. And he's pretty terrifying in that. It's but, great. But young Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah. I mean, I'd forgotten because I was like, 2001, like I thought because Donnie Darko is 2001 and right. I thought that was like his first thing. I forgot completely about the 1999 October Sky. Do you not even know? Do you not know nope. about this? Nope. I think Laura Dern is maybe Laura Dern as well, and Chris Cooper, where it's just like 
I don't know, we're just like, we're like, a we have a bunch of poor people in this like coal miner town. And, but we have dreams of like building rocket ships or something. Like he makes like a rocket type thing in school. I don't so remember the, the plot. So the sky is while. lit up with oranges and reds, making it look like an October sky. Probably. Or it's set all in the month of October. I don't know. But that was after, you know, he was, he's Billy Crystal's son in City Slickers. He's a little child oh, actor. Right. He was up for Tim in Jurassic Park, as we said in our Jurassic right, Park right, episode. Right, 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 right. Um, but that was like, after City Slickers was like, okay, get out of here, kid. And then, then came back to Hollywood with this. It was kind of like October Sky was like that big thing in uh, 99. And in 2001, he had Donnie Darko, lovely and amazing, and Bubble Boy. Buga. 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 Uh, but yeah, Jake Gyllenhaal, I think would have been really good. I think you're getting a very similar-ish you're, you're getting what the best of what you get from Ewan McGregor, you're getting from Jake Gyllenhaal. For sure. I think so. So those are all the characters that we had other casting options for. So before we move on, we're going to do a quick segment of Passing Chemistry. Uh, so if Nicole Kidman, Ewan McGregor, and and we'll say that if John Leguizamo was playing the unconscious Argentinian, so mm-hmm. then we still have uh, Toulouse. Trek, Toulouse is still up. Henri is still up. Oh, Henry Lutrec. Henry Lutrec. Uh, so who of the actors considered, do you think, would have had the best on-screen chemistry together? That's a tough one, because it's also considering ages. I really do like Jake Gyllenhaal or Heath Ledger best. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know what? We get so many of these stupid Hollywood movies, people, where they're putting some guy in his 40s and some girl in her 20s. So who gives a ding-dang, I say? So I'm going to say Jake Gyllenhaal. As young Christian, I think you're still getting... You know, and I it's mainly it's also that voice. I do think he has a very good voice. Um, and it's tough. Part of me wants to say Catherine Zeta-Jones, but I love my girl. I love my girl Kate Winslet so much, y'all. I got to do Kate. Kate Winslet. So I'm going to say Jake Gyllenhaal and Kate Winslet because those are also both two people that, like, are very serious about their craft. So I think that they would work their guts out to do this. To execute it in top form. Oh, yeah. And for Latrek, I got to go with Alan Cumming. I love Rowan Atkinson, but I got to go with the Alan Cumming. Sure. Yeah, I'm going to go... I'm going to go Catherine Zeta-Jones. Love it. And Heath Ledger. Oh, yeah. I, I'm like, what is that? That's a sexy movie right That's there. That's a sexy movie. <laughs> that is like, oh. If I want to keep it a sexy movie, I cast Alan Cumming. Um, yeah. And if I uh, don't care about that aspect of it, then I cast Rowan Atkinson. Not that Rowan Atkinson isn't attractive, but 2001 Rowan Atkinson is like leaning hard into like the goofy English side of his persona and less the like, I'm swaggering around in black tights. I mean, he's between the Mr. Bean movie and Johnny English. He, yes. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Love. love. We love. Love. Love that Rowan Atkinson. Rowan Atkinson is the Duke. I could oh. also say that. Oh, yeah. That could be really good. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Stephen Fry as uh, as Ziggler. I could see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, since we're talking about them, as uh, as we always do, there were a few characters we didn't mention, so I want to briefly touch on them, specifically the Duke and uh, Z- Ziddler. Uh, yeah, the Duke, Richard Roxburgh. Oh, ooh, ooh, underrated so performance. Good. Also, <laughs> not that mustache. If you get rid-, rid of the mustache, I know it's a wiggy wig, but once again, such hair envy from me <laughs> of like, oh, if, to the idea that I could grow. I once thought that I could grow my hair long every now and again. No longer anytime re- recently, but in my youth, in my youth, uh, every few years I'd be like, maybe I'll grow my hair long. It's like mainly it was like Tom Cruise, like type the long mm-hmm. hair that he would have and stuff mm-hmm. like Vanilla Sky and a Mission Impossible 2. I'm like, if I just don't cut it, it'll look like that. <laughs> you know what? You could also do what Tom Cruise does and use a wig. Does Tom Cruise use a wig? I'm sure he does at times. I don't know about that. Well, I don't know. I don't know. Even but like... Richard Roxburgh definitely has a wig in this. Oh, yeah. But it's still, if you it's a marvelous put wig. that hair 
if you put that hair on Hugh McGregor, it would look incredible. It's just the fact that he's got this mustache and he's doing this voice. I'm a real creep. I'm the deer. I'm a weasel. I'm a little weasel. Uh, but the hair, I was like, I want that hair. But he's so good. So oh, good. he's so good. It's such a great performance because it's like so gross and so villainous, but so funny. It's so beautifully calibrated. Yeah. When I was 14, I was just like, Get this gross guy out of my movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get this gross guy out of here. Whereas, like, we were watching it last night. I was like, bring. Yeah. Bring oh, him yeah. back. Bring back Jim Broadbent. Bring them back. Because <laughs> they're both just so, so good at holding down, like, the yeah. the comedy and the darkness, but in a way that doesn't feel threatening until it does, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I, mean, I don't think of anyone else for this. I mean, he l- reminded me a little bit of Steve Buscemi at times. Oh, interesting. Uh, but it's like, I don't need the Steve person Buscemi in this. he reminded me most of was David Thewlis. Oh. Who I think also would be very I, good in this. I'll loop in himself. I'll bring loop him, in. that mustache back. Uh, yeah. yeah. I think that's great. Like, and because he, he, you know, <laughs> Dragon Heart, you know, I think of it, you oh, know, being absolutely. like that kind of era. Like, it's very similar to me. Yeah. And similarly, I mean, Jim Broadbent. I've written it's, true perfection. It's amazing. I mean, yeah, as I said before, what a year between this, oh. Bridget Jones and Iris winning win an Oscar um, over some like flashy, over like Ian McKellen in Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, who else? Like Ethan Hawke in Training Day. I forget. There was like one other, I don't remember offhand, but there's one other like big performer that was like, wow, he won over this other, like some flashy roles, which I love mm-hmm. that. I I feel like if he wasn't nominated for Iris, he very could have gotten, gotten nominated for this. What was that line we even kept doing? Just for pulling off oh, that yeah. facial hair. Oh, for sure. Because that's that, no easy The moment task. where he goes, invest. 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 <laughs> yeah. Oh, that, like all the stuff with the Duke. I don't remember any of his lines off the top of my head, but when they're like on the ruse and you're like, yeah, like, I was like, well, what's this show going to be? And it's like, it's the sexiest. Like, he's just like, everyone's behind him. And it's like a close up on Jim Broadbent where it's just like, frothing at the mouth like just like so this passionate and it's incredible the- and he can still pull off that ridiculous hair when they curl it and poof it up later in the movie he looks if you had to cast someone else you could cast heat miser from the year without a santa claus <laughs> is the all is all i could think of looking at this get up but it is like it's so ridiculous of this look yeah and the fact that you like have moments where you actually can take him seriously he doesn't just like come in and is like now i'm crazy and then he disappears it's like oh no he's got like scenes and stuff and he's got like him like realizing the satine's gonna die and yeah. it, it could so easily be nonsensical having a character dressed and made up like this with this little tiny red goatee red mustache and giant floofy poodle hair could be so bad yeah and it he makes it work because he's incredible he's so incredible in it the, the I mean, I had a couple of okay thoughts, but like the, the one that occurred to me that I, I liked the most was David Allen Greer, which is possibly because I'm thinking of having seen him in like a, a lot of makeup when he was the Cowardly Lion in The Wiz Live. Oh, yeah. But I mean, he's like, you know, theatrical and sings and like very funny and has a huge persona. But I, th- I think I was thinking of it because I was like, who else have I seen in like just yeah. like way too much makeup and prosthetics and stuff and still makes it right. look natural right i mean you have the great danny burstein who was doing it in the broadway production yes. who i always love danny burstein we but i it. i didn't even think about this It'd be very different duke but just thinking of someone that I, I mean, billy porter oh is all i mean i was yes. like I, I don't need to quantify this in any way it's just like billy porter someone yeah. just come in and like i am the host i am leading all of this 
and I don't I'll necessarily give you some severity. Exactly. I don't have necessarily always the best intentions. Yeah. You know. I, I mean, based off everything we've seen off Pose, like I, I there's, just, there's still like so like the levels, oh, yeah. the levels with oh, well, Billy Porter. I, I, I mean, have done you, a couple shows with Billy. Yeah, one of you, which you I worked on Kiki Boots, so I saw quite yeah, well, Amy. I saw him do. <laughs> I saw him play Lola. Uh bajillion times like i truly couldn't tell you how many times uh you know because i just go to note the show or at rehearsals or whatever you know but yeah i mean he's a phenomenal actor and is someone who absolutely uh i think the world has now realized is not afraid of largesse uh, and new new uh, and uh would not need to dub billy oh, porter you sure would not he would be screlting like a virgin oh. to the gods uh, i actually now i'm sad i don't have that in my ears <laughs> right now uh and finally the green fairy was going to be played by ozzy osbourne as a long-haired muscle man and the character was then changed and then was then of course played by kylie minogue oh that's kylie that's minogue kylie minogue is the green fairy but they kept in ozzy's vocals for the fairy scream as it turns evil. Once they're like all like oh, taking the absinthe. Yeah, and she's like, got the red eyes. Yeah, gets those red eyes yeah. and it's like, wow. And then that's Ozzy Osbourne for that one little moment. That's fun. Is that where it, does it segue right into the can can or does it go straight into the smells like teen spirit? I can't remember. I think that might be when it transitions into, yeah. It was very upsetting when I was like, whoa, what? Uh, <laughs> I didn't remember this in here. Oh, I sure did. This, I thought, that I remembered at least. Because, like, I knew it was like, oh, I know this song when I saw this as a well, kid. Well, because I've listened to Lady Marmalade so many times just by itself. Um, every day. I every for- day I come out to, you know, I'm cooking some food or whatever. And then I come, I come like, oh, Amy, food's ready. And, and you're just like, oh, you're listening to Lady Marmalade again? Every day with the Lady Marmalade in you. He clearly exaggerates, but it is a very satisfying pop <laughs> tune from my youth that, yes, I will listen to sometimes. Um, but I didn't realize that it was so it was so heavily reduced and layered with other things for the movie which makes sense yeah. you know but i was like oh we don't get more belting more you know all that kind of totally i'm really good at pop singing can you tell <laughs> i just remembered it used to be on youtube maybe it still is but there was at one of the theme parks of like the universals or somewheres there was long before the spider-man broadway musical there was like some 20 minute 25 minute spider-man musical show that was just like you know like like six flags great adventure used to have like a little batman show but it's like a batman stunt spectacular and that's mm-hmm. all it needs to be it needs to be just like yeah some guy dressed as batman comes out punches joker in the nose here's the batmobile it drives a little, little circle we go home happy and this they decided no it needs to also have similar to moulin rouge random contemporary music and all i remember is that mary jane to distract the green goblin oh no sings lady marmalade <laughs> Uh-huh. Like everyone knows, the classic ruse. Wait, let me sing a four-part track. I mean, this is like probably 2004, 2000. Like it's that's prime. Hot, that's off prime time. This movie, uh, but like of all things, of all things, wow. did we need that? No, we did not. Did we need the Broadway musical Spider-Man? As Natalie Mendoza ran away, saying, "No, we do not." Uh, she certainly did not. Um, but anyway, let's get into our final thoughts. Is there anything we haven't touched on? Any other? performers there's like all these uh, there's so many great like tiny roles in this like like nini legs in the air and people like that but we kind of covered all the big ones i mean the only thing that i haven't really said is i have written this is toward the very end of the thing just talk to each other you idiots (laughs) is uh, that was how i was feeling toward the end of the movie 
Very true. Very, very true. Uh, well, then, I'll end with this, uh, which we've only done once before, all the way back in our Jurassic Park episode. But watching this, for whatever reason, maybe because it's a musical, maybe because we're recording this after we've just decorated our Christmas tree while watching our perennial movie that we always watch when decorating our Christmas tree, A Muppet Christmas Carol. Uh -huh. But we were wondering, what would Moulin Rouge look like if it was Muppet Rouge, if it was just cast with a whole bunch of Muppets? Mm -hmm. So uh, in the tradition of Muppet Christmas Carol, you can keep one human actor to stay, but everyone else, they got to be Muppets. So do we want to do the thing where we say it at the same time like we did before to see if we, because some uh, of these are clearly yeah. the same. Yeah, that sounds good. And let's go in the order of how we just talked about all the okay. actors. So we'll start with Satine. Satine. Yeah. And we'll go like Satine. Uh yeah, so we'll do like three, two, one, baga. Mm -hmm. Great. So Satine, three, two, one. Miss Piggy. Piggy. I mean, come on. She yeah. wants to be a real actor. Her on it's... a, a d covered in diamonds on a covered in on diamonds a, on, a, yeah. on a swing. What is it? I'm thinking ragtime. No, on a trapeze. On a trapeze. Duh. Come uh, on. It's very um uh the great Muppet caper. Yeah. That whole like uh Busby Berkeley number. Yes. It's great. Uh, so let's do the unconscious Argentinian. Three, two, one. Gonzo. Rolf. I have Rolf as my second okay. choice. I, I dig I dig that as Gonzo. I'm hearing Gonzo going, ah! <laughs> <laughs> I love that as well. Yeah, I feel like with Rolf, I'm getting that like... That throaty, that throatier yes, voice. Yes, yes. I just love Rolf. to try to to try to explain my pick of Rolf as the unconscious. You didn't have to explain Moulin it. Rouge. It's on here. Oh, uh, fair <laughs> enough. Uh, so Toulouse Lautrec, three, two, one. Gonzo. Bunsen. Oh, Bunsen as Le as Le Bunsen as a bohemian. This bohemian painter. Look, I don't know. I should have revisited it. I, well, okay. But for me, that's like the real Gonzo spot of the one. Like he's surrounded by, you know, I see. He's I surrounded see. by a bunch of sexy chickens. Those are his like <laughs> his, the, this prostitute. So he's surrounded by like all these chickens that are like mama. Um, so Christian, three, two, one, Kermit. Kermit. I almost wanted to just leave it be you, McGregor, and singing these duets. <laughs> no, with I have Peggy. someone else as the human. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, because uh, but then I was like, I had nowhere else for a Kermit to go, and it feels like yeah. you can't have a Muppet property no. without Kermit in it. It's Heavens not no. allowed. Heavens no. The Duke, three, two, one. Scooter. Human. Keep. I almost kept him, but I was like, you know what? I think Scooter's up to something. I think so. I, he always is like on the periphery. He's always like, oh, I'm just here helping everything go on. But I think that you, you still have a mustache on that guy. And he's going to look pretty villainous. I have trouble thinking of him being nefarious. Uh, interesting. Okay. <laughs> and finally, Harold Zidler. Three, two, one. Ghost Fuzzy. of Christmas Present from Muppet oh, Christmas Carol. Because they look good. exactly the same. That's good. <laughs> Brian Blessed as a puppet. Um, but I do think Fozzie would also oh, be. Oh, Brian Blessed as Zidler? Yeah. Oh, That'd why did we not why did we say that? That's yeah, great casting. Yeah. yeah. So you don't have a human in here. I can I consider and I was like, oh, you know what? There's no rule that says I have to have a human in here. And I kind of no, it's it's, it's either this it's or I mean, yeah, I should I would have done the Duke. I was considering for the human, but um, you know what? That performance lives on in the actual film. So in my film, sorry, Duke, you're out of here. If I have to put a Muppet as the Duke, my first thought is Sam the Bald Eagle. There are a lot of ways. That one could go with it. Yeah. And these were the ways that we, we went. did. Amy Chow. Yes, Jeff. What are you recommending this week? Well, in part because we didn't discuss the uh, somewhat egregious use of uh, Bollywood tropes in that last, like, fourth of the film. Yes, this whole spectacular, spectacular, which unsurprisingly they changed in the Broadway show. It's like a battle. Now it's like a gangster and his mall. But unfortunately, the title of it is Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh, no. I know. I know. It's like, oh, how dare you? No. How dare you? I hate <laughs> it. Um, 
Well, they they capture the essence of a lot of like Bollywood numbers really well. But I was like, no, we're in France and almost everyone on the stage is white. Like, yeah, I, I did not mention. Sorry to keep interrupting you, but sure. I, I didn't mention that Baz Luhrmann had saw, saw a uh, a Bollywood film in India and in Hindi. I, I don't I don't know if it had sub. It might not have had subtitles. Well, a lot of of Indian and Bollywood films will have some English because it is one oh. of the uh, languages of yeah. India. Um, but yeah, you would also like when I go see them, you're usually seeing like mostly subtitles, some English. Right. But but that anyway, that was why a big part of why Buzz Lerman wanted to make this because he wanted to try to replicate like how could I make this where in a Bollywood film, you know, it's three and a half hours long. It's there's lo- the lowest low comedy and now suddenly high tragedy and mm-hmm. now everyone's breaking in a song. How is there a way to do this in Hollywood? And this is what he did. By and way of trying to Americanize Bollywood. told me that, it made the first half of the film make a lot more sense. Um, because, yeah, one of the things that is so magical about watching a Bollywood film is just the full throttle embrace of swinging, uh, like, across, all, you know, uh, all sorts of moods. And, and, yeah, it's you've got romance and you've got broadest of broad comedy and all sorts of stuff. So I have... Um, a few Bollywood films to recommend. I, I'm sorry, I haven't looked up where these are currently streaming, but you, they, there's a lot of Bollywood films on Netflix. Um, I encourage you to check some of them out because they're really just like sumptuous and so much fun. I have many Bollywood soundtracks on my on my phone. Um, so the first one, this is like a classic uh, contemporary Bollywood film called Tease Markan. That's T-E-E-S space Mar is M-A-A-R and then Khan, K-H-A-N. Um, and it is like a a Bollywood actor and it's it's like very meta and like super fun. That one's great. Uh, Chennai Express. Chennai is C-H-E-N-N-I-A-I, excuse me. Um, that's super, super fun and a uh, an album I will jam out to. And then <laughs> Doom 3, that's Doom spelled D-H-O-O-M. And there is in this movie a tap sequence, like a very like furious tap sequence like silent like uh, there is not silent but just like there it starts with no music and then i think music comes underneath it but it's like it's like super intense but all of these are like they'll yeah they'll take you all over the map with regards to like oh hilarious and hijinks and ridiculous side characters and then death and despair (laughs) um but yeah, I really encourage you to check out some Bollywood films if you haven't seen that. any before. Or at yeah. least like look up Doom 3 Tap Dance on YouTube yeah, and you yeah, can yeah. just watch that. You know, I love a good tap dance and I'm going to check that out. Yeah, I'll watch it with you. Noise. Jeff. Uh, Amy Jo. What are you recommending this week? Uh, well, you know, I thought about recommending different properties, but we're we're kind of getting in in the holiday season here, and we are so long into this pandemic, and it really has it's affected so many people, but it's certainly affected uh, artists and especially people who normally perform live, live artists who uh, can literally not do their job really. Um, and I know a lot of people, including you know me and Amy Joe to an extent, are on having to do what we can online and over Zoom and things like that. So I just say if you can, if you are able to, to support the artists that you love in any way you can, even if it means going to their YouTube channels, if they've got like some stuff up and giving them some likes, giving them like clicks. Likes and subscribes. Likes and subscribes because yeah. that really helps of just like if they're monetizing their stuff, you might even not even realize you're like, oh, I just like watching those. They're, oh, it's a new music video from this like whatever performer that I like. Just give it a like as well. Give it a give them a subscribe. Yeah. Um, because it does sound it's so 
stupid these algorithms and stuff but they actually really it does help. make a difference and, and especially in these times especially if you cannot afford to actually like spend money on things like that that's an easy way to still help support is liking and subscribing look Sp- uh, people, people make you dig people make money off spotify streams yeah. off, off apple music streams uh they make money off like some people off youtube streams yeah if you if you got a, someone a song a, you know some kind of sing a song you like just play their stuff through the night truly on, mute your computer play truly. through the night give them some you know a whole night of uh streams for their for their songs for or sure whatever. it sounds so stupid but you're so right and like yeah. yeah like going to someone's instagram page and following them liking their posts you know it, again is it just seems like what good can that do but you know it's yeah it's such a little thing but enough little things from enough people is enough to like help people stay get a bigger online presence and, uh, and yeah. be able to yeah. then monetize things yeah totally. yeah for sure yeah. Uh, and then I'd also recommend, uh, similar to Harry, I'd recommend that you, listener, give shoot us an email at nalmoststarring.gmail.com and let us know if you have a movie that you'd love for us to break on the casting of. I'm so glad that Harry wrote in with this film. This was so much fun. I was so glad to revisit this film that I loved as a 14-year-old dum-dum. <laughs> and I hope, Harry, that you're not angry that I inser- eviscerated <laughs> certain parts of it because it was very enjoyable. Uh, yeah, but shoot us an email. You can uh, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at and almost starring. If you want to know what we're doing next week, every Friday, Amy Jo runs a little Instagram game, gives you some clues. You can try and guess what we're doing next. And a Saturday on the gram and Facebook, we will reveal reveal <laughs> a big reveal. Uh, yeah. So until next time, I'm Jeff Ronan. I'm Amy Jo Jackson, and thanks for joining us to see who almost starred.